I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is going on, guys? Today's guests on the podcast are Frederick White and Scott Witty. Before we get into it, I wanted to uh, quickly say somebody forgot to hit record for the first minute or two of the podcast um some producer around here i don't know who it could have been but um they forgot to hit the record button so i wanted to give them a quick introduction witty photographer for 1320 for 10 plus years fred videographer for 1320 for 10 plus years you guys have seen them at events they've covered every event you can imagine we sat down we talked to them about some really awesome stuff some cool insight on the travel and the work that they do and all those cool things that I wanted to hear about. So we talked with them a little bit. But, guys, I wanted to uh, quickly say thank you so much for all the support that this podcast has gotten. We have blown up so quickly. I have gotten to talk to so many awesome people because of you guys. This whole studio is because of you guys. And I want to uh, keep growing it so that we can have the largest and coolest Automotive, I don't care about largest, but the coolest automotive podcast on YouTube and Spotify and all those good stuff. But guys, thank you so much. If you are enjoying it, please like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your neighbors. We are trying to grow it so that we can constantly get the best guests and put out the best entertainment possible. It has been awesome. I have learned so much and I have put out so much awesome videos that I hope just stay forever and continue to get watched because some of them not just should get watched so that I get monies but should be watched because the information that has been put out is invaluable to the automotive world and some of the things that we will be uh, coming across in the next couple years with automotive and with the EPA and stuff there's so much so much information that we've put out and I am just so excited to be able to uh learn it myself firsthand and then share it with everyone and hopefully uh hopefully you guys see what we're trying to do here so thank you again so much um let's get into the podcast frederick white and scott witty let's get to it okay so fred and witty um travel spots that's my that is like everything on my brain lately is like where are the coolest spots to go if you're a car guy around the world around the country and i feel like you guys have already been there we've been a lot of places so uh internationally I don't know, where was your favorite place internationally that you went? Well, <clears throat> I mean... He went to Germany. Yeah, that's the thing. Ger- Germany is probably the most important one for me just because I liked circuit racing. Drag racing is awesome and everything, but if I were to build a race car, it would probably be for circuit stuff just because that's kind of what I enjoy. So Kyle and I went over and stayed at this hotel that was on the Nürburgring. So you like literally go out on the balcony and you just look down and there's gt3 cars running the gp course and i thought that was pretty rad and then we drove over to belgium from there and went to the 24 hours of spa practice rounds and somehow finagled our way into media vests and i ended up down in the pits with kyle and on the start line and everything and <clears throat> so that was pretty cool but i guess as far as drag racing brazil 
It was pretty sweet. Brazil I haven't been to all the places. Brazil that, was a pretty sweet trip. Yeah, yeah. Fred's probably done the most Fred, traveling yeah. besides Kyle, I guess, at that point. Yep. Yeah, more than likely. Fred's done a lot more. Uh, so going to Sweden for the Stockholm Open, that was that's probably one of my... Just they do it so it's just they do it different over there. It's the it was the most well run, I guess, cash day style race I've ever been to, and it was just awesome the whole time. It was just awesome, and the guys that had us over there and showed us around the city and everything, um, just everybody was so so awesome over there. Isn't that weird that it's a street cash days, but it's basically renowned and well known enough where like. If somebody thinks of, like, Stockholm Open, they probably think it's at, like, a racetrack, like, a sanctioned body event. Right. No, it was just a... So, I think this year they actually had to move it to a track situation because the cops got so bad in recent years. A car got impounded, and I think they crushed it. So, there was just a lot of... uh, Closer between you guys. Good? No, it looks good, but I just... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm guessing. But we're just, um, we're running gun on this whole deal here. <laughs> Try to bring mine down to make sure that yours is louder. It's Cooper's first threesome. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I only got two mics, and of course, like, my third time using the mics now, I need a third. Well, you're just getting, you're, you're becoming the Joe Rogan of automotive podcasts over here. I mean, that would be freaking awesome. I, I need a Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need somebody standing behind there that can make sure that I'm not being an idiot and maybe look stuff up, because I would love to pull up some some of the Sweden racing. Yeah. And they're using basically like top alcohol cars out there, right? There's, okay, so here's I'm doing a quick. I could go on for hours about Stockholm. Let's player. get it, like a it, nice. It, let's get a nice little long story about it because I'm super interested. Okay, so Stockholm Open. It started in 1982 or three, I believe. If I got that wrong, I'm sorry for anybody that's Swedish and watching. Ish. Uh, it happens the same time of year every year, but it's never like prepared for or anything like that. But. Uh, it's a Stockholm Open, so they they also do like two other cash days style events for like a small tire and a big tire, two separate things. But the Open is open to anybody. You can be all wheel drive, small tire, big tire, basically a, a pro mod on the street. You can be whatever and show up to the Open and race. So once the first once okay, you go to the drivers meeting, you find out who you're who you're drawing, okay, and it's between you and the other guy. And whoever's name got put on the thing for, or they do a coin flip, one or the other. However, the first one happens. One guy, the so the first round you have to get done. You have to get your race done in the first two hours. So once the drivers meeting is done, you have two hours to get that race. Done. So they kind of leave it up to the drivers at that point. Uh huh. So, so like the event promoters, and then the drivers kind of have to figure out how they're going to get their race done. Oh yeah. And then you come back and you're like, I won. <laughs> So real quick, so it's so it's they they did so they don't do it like this anymore. Like I said, they moved it to the track, but it was just so well thought out as far as the cash days go. So you you draw each other first round, and let's say I'm racing you, okay, first round. You beat me first round. You call a phone number and say, hey, I beat this guy. They put you on. They put you, they move your your name on to like the the bracket. You move on to the next round. Now if you called in. Before the other guy called in that moves to the bracket with you, you get to pick the race spot. Oh, so if you get your race off quicker, uh huh, you get. And it's kind of like running the faster ET. You get ra- lane choice at a race. Sure, but you get any section of the city choice. So if 
It's like need for speed. Okay, so once driver's meeting is broken up, you have two hours to do your thing, and anywhere in the city that you can get an eighth-mile hit is a, is, a, is a race spot. So that's you. it's up to you to find them. It's up to you to race and make it all good and everything. But you call in. You won. You, you called in, and you're in the north part of the city, and you don't want to drive to the south part of the city. You say, well, you got to come up to me. So the, the, the guy that you race next has to come to you. After... The driver's meeting, and you unload your cars, and you go do your first race. Trailers or the cars cannot go on trailers. You have to drive them from race to race to race all night. And how far, like, our spread are we talking about? Because, like, I imagine like Houston, which is like an insane spread. Like, you not, be, like not, not, six hours. Maybe from someone. No, 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 no. It wouldn't be that bad. Thir- but thirty, forty-five minutes. Sure, that's a lot. Yeah, but you have to, and then you keep moving on that way. And they have starting crews, which was like uh, a flagger couple security guys to keep the starting line clean uh, and a finish line guy. And they had like three or four of these start starting crews. And you could call and say, you know, we want a starting crew here and they'd come and do it. Or you could just get the race done on your own, but it's up to you to figure out who won and who jumped and all that stuff. So, yeah. And also if you had, if you had a starting crew at your race and you think the other guy jumped and they didn't call it, there's a complaint number you can call. And they'll do a review. It, this it was so thought out, yeah. dude. It was just so thought out. I mean, I've been to like sanctioned races that don't sound that. I well know, together, dude. That's what I'm saying. Which is a little frustrating. And so, so they race all night, all night, all night, and then the finals normally got done at like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. So, and then after that, the winner does a huge burnout, and it's cool. But so sunrise. What kind of what kind of like cars and combos are mostly there? Is it like so, LS's big blocks? So like, not not when we were there, not so many. I think there was one car that was LS powered, and it was LS turbo, which was very rare over there. A lot of old school stuff. So a lot of nitrous, a lot of big block nitrous stuff. Uh, over there, they had like Audi S2s, which is like a little all wheel drive two door coupe. Uh, in inline five cylinder, and they could build those to be like twelve, thirteen hundred horsepower. Mm-hmm. So, and even in like eight, nine hundred horsepower, they get out the hole and they're really like all over the place. The one year I went two two years, I think, and the second year I went, the final was a Audi S two uh, versus a basically literally like a Pro Mod fifty seven Chevy, big big block nitrous big tire car i think i remember the black one yeah or, yeah some like black car that had like zoomies out the side or yeah. something crazy like looked like not something anybody should ever be driving on the street no even like well, like tom bailey would look at this drives. tom bailey would look <laughs> at this thing and be like you drove this on the street buddy like it's yeah. not like but they they went all night and they never were never on a trailer like you can't go on the trailer which i think is the coolest thing and you have and it's all over the city and the thing about Sweden is it's not like here where you go to maybe an industrial park where nobody's around and it's just straight roads and, like, nobody's there and you can race there all night. They don't have spots like that there. Their industrial parks are terrible roads, potholes everywhere. You can't do that. So the long, so the only straight longest parts of the road in the city are on the highways. Hmm. So the car, race cars pull up and then they stop. And then all the cars behind them are there to watch the race or spectators. They stop, they get out of their cars, and they go around the starting line. The guy, the cars burn out. They do a burnout. They come back. Normally they do two burnouts, water burnout and then a track bite burnout. And they come back, and then they launch. And then after that, everybody gets in their cars and leaves. So you could drive by a place, and people are getting ready to do a hit. And then five minutes later, you come back by, you'd never know they did anything. 
Have you ever had to return a forgotten bag of adult play toys to a pair of sweet old grandparents? Or have you spent your summer cleaning up protein spills at an amusement park? How about going to work every day in a flea-infested casino? Hopefully you haven't, but our guests have. Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. Each episode, we bring you an explicit account from a hotel and hospitality industry insider. To listen to these stories and more, go to theinsiders.com to subscribe. That's the insiders, I-N-N-S-I-D-E-R-S.com. That definitely sounds like a, um, probably a once in a, a um, it's weird because I, I think about, when I think about these, like, what would I go to? I want to imagine myself taking my wife there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I think about, like, summer gnats and, like, okay, like, you could bring your wife there. That sounds like something that um, you kind of go with your buddy. Yeah. On, like, a bachelor so, weekend. Th- this, was, <laughs> this was an event that I was, like, the second, the first time we went, I was, like, we need to tell, like, the boys back home about this so we can get, like, some American team to bring a Fox body, LS Turbo over mm-hmm. there. I was, like, we, we got something for these guys. And, like, there was... There was talk of like some a uh, couple of street outlaw guys that wanted to go over there and at least watch it one time because they saw how because even they respected how good the street racing was yeah like because it's wild how they do it over there and at this point this was in 2015 or 16 I had been filming for a handful of years at that point I'd film street racing all that stuff over here it's, it was like second nature to me the second we the first time we went over there and we there was a car that was going to be in the open that was doing a test hit we're like okay. So we went along with him, and it was the guy and, like, six or seven cars with him, like crew guys and other guys work with work on the car. And they blocked the, the, the like I said, the only long, longest straight parts of the road are on the interstate. So it's midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and this race car is driving down the street, and he stops. And then seven cars, like, spread out and block the road. And I get out, and I'm like, I'm watching, like, traffic, like, behind me like cars just keep coming i'm like are we we're, we're, we're do he's gonna we're just gonna do it here and he just like did his burnout and they like back him up all nice and slow i'm like we're there's traffic guys like we're come on yeah like this is a road <laughs> like my heart was like beating out of my chest i was like this is wild and then like he did this two burnouts and he just test it and everybody got in the car and as soon as i got in the car i was like that was the wildest shit i've experienced and why i'd never felt that way street racing in like so many years it was wild yeah, that event definitely seems like top tier. I'm going to toss it over to Witty. Witty, let's talk about some of your travel events situation here. Okay. Well, I, I know you've done some. Um, I like to hear about the overseas travel because I feel like a lot of my listeners are domestic-based, I guess. Domestic yeah. as in U.S. Okay. And one of my bucket lists has been Japan, I guess. I want to go to where they do that meet. Yeah. The, <laughs> where all the highways are, and I'm sure as yeah, a photographer it's the that's big like... Loop. It's yeah. in Yokohama or something like that, uh, just south of, what is it, Kawasaki? I don't remember, but it's Yokohama, and it's the big loop, and I think Larry Chin was just over there, and anytime you see any of the cars, like, in that big double loop bridge thing, apparently they just all meet up there, and it's just some of the coolest cars in the world, and then they go out and cruise and come back. We also want to do that. Yeah, that it just seems like such a cool meet spot, like, I mean, the Houston highways are what I always think of when I see stacked up highways, and those always make me a little um, little sick because I know about the struggles of driving <laughs> around in Houston. <laughs> it's like, that city is brutal to trek around through. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys have been fun. through street racing through there, and my first time there, I was like, oh, there's somebody 
you know, there's this race going on, and we're like, oh, cool, let's go. And it's like two and a half hours away. I'm like, well, that's my whole night. <laughs> but so your overseas stuff, I want to hear. Well, with Japan, actually, so we're trying to set up going over to Okinawa, Japan, mm-hmm. because we've seen that there's been racing over there, and they have a race over there. So at TX2K last year, I ended up meeting this kid, Isaac, who he was one of the safety people on the wall who anytime like, a car would go down, he'd hop over and make sure there wasn't any oil slick or whatever. And I talked to him for probably half an hour during the event, during, I think, an oil down or something. And uh, he was stationed there in the military and then married this girl there and then came back over here to get his affairs in order and then moved back over there permanently. And so he's in Okinawa, and he knows a bunch of shop owners and racers, and he's said that, like, uh, so we are going to have an event set up there, go out and film the race, and then do some, like, drifting in the mountains, and then go to some shops and all that. But it was kind of just too short notice, and all the hotels and all the things filled up. And there was one key part that I didn't find out till later, but it's a five-hour boat ride from Okinawa to whatever little island around Okinawa. That's where the actual race is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that going over there would be crazy, especially for that big loop up in, by well, pretty south of Tokyo, because, I mean, you can go all over the world, and there's a lot of different drag racing that's going on, and cars, I mean, I know there's different kinds of cars, like Brazil, you know, kind of fucks with you know four cylinders and all that stuff but japan just has like a whole different scope of automotive it's just all those cars are so unique over there i think that's why we want to get over there yeah in okinawa i've seen some people visit there and there's like a lot of abandoned like legitimate nice jdm cars over there because it's like military Uh and a lot of the military guys don't want to even bother with like getting their cars off of the small little (laughs) island so they'll just like leave like a drift ready s14 like a car that people would die for out here yeah but i always joke that we're stealing all the uh nice cars from japan anyways (laughs) month by month they just kind of keep like coming into the u.s like on a ship yeah i mean they're they're definitely cool i but as far as the places i've been uh, well, I'll go back to Germany here. So when we went there, we kind of just wanted to get a full experience. The main reason was a half mile. So there are some cool cars at the half mile, but in Germany, you're not really seeing world records. Do they call it a half mile? Yeah. It's That's called, like, the itself. Race 1000. That's kind of weird in itself, though. Well, 1,000 meters. Yeah. Yeah, one, oh, all right, that makes race sense. 1, I was yeah. going to say, do they call it a half mile? I mean, they race quarter mile in Qatar, don't well, they? This was in an airstrip. In Qatar, don't they do quarter mile? Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's weird when you don't use oh. miles normally. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you but, know what I mean? But, you go to a country that does. But a quarter mile is only 402 uh, meters. Yeah, so it adds up. So a 1,000 meters is more than a half mile, if that's what they were doing. I don't know what they were doing. No, it's just funny to hear, like, mile used in a metric-using place. Fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you yeah. like, half mile. I got like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, but, like, real quick, any any metric tool around the world, any socket, it goes on, what, a quarter inch, a three-eighths inch, or a half inch? Yeah. Right? They don't make metric so- ratchets, nope. do they? Not that just I've saying. ever seen. So we're right. I just want to put that out. <laughs> yeah. We're right. Even every country uses quarter mile for their drag racing. Yeah, there's a reason. All right, so you're in. You're in. Yeah, we're in Germany. Germany at this point. What year was that? 18, 19? Yeah, something like that. Okay. 18, 19. And 
we drive out into the middle of nowhere. Like, it's just out in the middle of a country. There's old World War II buildings that are, like, kind of abandoned, never finished, that we're driving by. And we end up out in, honestly, I have no idea where, super far out. And we went to the Race 1000. It was, like, a, it was a half-mile event. And, uh, you know, there's some cool stuff, some cool Volkswagens and German cars, but really... There was nothing setting any records. I mean, everyone was pretty pumped when they got over 200 mile an hour. So, you know, it was fun. But what really got me excited about that event is after we were done out there, like I said, we drove into Nuremberg. And there is a place called Nuremberg, but there's also somewhere called Nuremberg. And I kept calling the Nuremberg ring the Nuremberg ring for like the first two days we were there. And everybody was losing it and, like, correcting me. And I was like, whew, and I learned my lesson. So the Nuremberg ring is in Nuremberg. And Nuremberg is, like, an hour or two or three away. I don't know. It's not next to it. Are you a car enthusiast looking for an exciting new podcast to listen to? Check out the Test Drive podcast hosted by Lebo Dead. This podcast is packed with discussions about some of the most iconic vehicles in automotive history and inside knowledge from behind the scenes. From the Mustang to the Camaro, we cover it all. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Listen to Test Drive on your favorite podcast app today. Is there any drag racing near that there's area. a I don't know where the Hockenheim ring is, but there's a drag strip there that we really want to go to because they have a pretty cool looking event that has like a lot of different drag stuff. But we didn't do any drag racing over there. We just did the race 1000 and then we were at the Nurburgring, ring and we stayed at that hotel right on there. And actually, we got to go around Misha. You know, Misha on YouTube from Apex Taxi. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have watched his. I mean, yeah, if you watch the Nurburgring video, it's probably his. Yeah, he is a wizard. Oh, my goodness, dude. We're like we're doing like 160 over a blind hill. And he's like, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. OK, brakes now to the right. Left curbstone, left curbstone. He's just so calm and like he knows the track better than I think he knows anything else in life. And. We went around with him, and then we went around the professional driver in their FADM3, and then Kyle got to go around, and he took, well, Kyle's driving, and me and Alec were in the back seat, and uh, Misha was up front directing Kyle, and we did a pretty hot lap with the, uh, I think it was a Volkswagen GTI or something, Golf, and I mean, I think we did like, it was like a 10, 10 minute and however many seconds lap, so it wasn't too bad, and when you watch it, just like, the most entertaining part was just Misha directing it. It wasn't the racing. It wasn't the track. Yeah. It wasn't anything. It was just, it was crazy listening to how he knows this. It was just like a 12.1 mile long track. To memorize that long of a track, the green hell is what they call yeah, it. It takes a long time to get around it. And the weather changes throughout the track. I feel like if you go there, it's smart to get something slow, even though most people would be like, I want a GT3 RS. But it'd be more fun to drive that car wide open yep. than to drive, like, a GT3 RS, like, scared 50% throttle. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you crash it, you're still, I mean, you're still liable for all that. I know there's probably some insurance policies I know that Kyle was signing. But, I mean, we chose the Volkswagen for a reason. They had McLarens. Uh, they took us back. So, right when we got there, we walked into their little back barn. And there was a McLaren 720S, the FADM3. And then Vaughn Gittin Jr.'s Drift Mustang was just chilling in the corner. 
Apparently, he was out there for uh, a whole... He's drifting the entire Nürburgring, and they filmed the whole promo video. And when we went up to the castle on the top of the hill at the Nürburgring to get food, there was Von Gittin Jr. and Larry Chen and, like, all these people. And I remember I just wanted to shake Larry Chen's hand and get a picture of him because, you know, he's a photographer, and he's super, super good, and... I, I know Kyle afterwards was like, you do realize that was weird. You didn't really want a picture of the Vaughn Gittin Jr. <laughs> and you just wanted to see say hi to the photographer. And I was like, I don't know. Larry Chin's pretty dope. And I mean, like, Larry's about as famous as any FD driver, if not more. That's, like, he's, he, he he's does everything. Oh, yeah. A, he, I think he was SEMA content creator of the year this year. Oh, was he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, he's... Dang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, or he's up there, for sure. He was up there for something. It was, like, him and TJ Hunt were, like, content creator of the nice. year, and I think he beat him out. Yeah, he has that show called Autofocus, which is just, like, such... It was literally the most perfect name you'd come up with, because you're focused on automotive, and then autofocus, camera, autofocus... I don't know, just, like, yeah. perfect. I feel like, like, you as a photographer, you were talking about it before, about editing. Yeah. And you have, like, a different perfection level of editing a video than yep. most, like, a YouTube vlogger would have. For photo and video, it's just kind of... I, like, for photo, at least, I sit there, and I could sit there for eight hours a day, and I'm just... Every single thing there is, like, if there's a horizon off or there's something in the frame that's not right or if a line could... If you crop down, a line could go into the corner of the frame or different colors thing. I mean, there's just so many things you're looking at, so... Any video or photo I look at, I'm just heavy, heavy critiquing it. I can't just, like, look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that was nice. I got to look at it and be like, well, that wasn't exposed right. Colors weren't right there. Why? Like, that's blurry. Do you it's, add fake lens flare? No, I don't <laughs> add anything. I take a journalistic approach. He's got some presets on. Yeah, you had a little fake Absolutely lens flare not. there every now and then. Here, you know, pe- people time. always ask, like, what... How, how do you get your shots so nice? How do you get them so clean, so clear? It's like you're answering your own question within your – or you're answering your question, like, with what you're asking because clean and clear, how do you get them so fresh? It's like because I just don't edit them very much. The, photo, the worst photos I see out today are the ones that are over-edited. Sometimes the moment really isn't even that bad, but, like, they just – saturation and clarity and texture and it's just like disgusting or vignetting yeah, it's like me and gary used to always kind of get on like you know we'd be driving back from an event and people would send these photos and we're just like oh, no like, thank you like that's very nice but like do you have an original i, I <laughs> you get send, like the non that photography to a level <clears throat> is art and art is subjective so you can have your style you can you can do your own little thing but you have to get things right before you put your style. Like, it has to be a clear shot. If it's blurry, it's a failed shot. Don't post it. Like, if, if you took a picture and the car launched and you only got some of it and the front half's cut off, like, just don't post it. I mean, yeah. make sure li- that it's exposed right, the colors are right, make sure your lines are going where you need to go. The background's just as important as the foreground and the subject. So, so how many, like, photos, like, okay, after a sick week, you dump your photos. How many Jesus is Christ. that? And 4,973. So has that become less over time? Like, when you started, did you take more photos because you were a little more novice? No, it's become like, more. So it's become more. Yeah. I was going to say, like, now you're kind of more, spe- like, you know, like, oh, that I know one. exactly what I need. So typically at an event, let's say TX2K or sick week, if it's five days, 
I'll end up with anywhere from 800 to 1,000 photos per day if it's a full day. And then I hope for about a 30 to 40% retention rate when I go to edit those. So then I am end up posting a few hundred, maybe 150, 190, yeah. 180 from the pits, and then like, I don't know, 120 from the track or something like that. Okay, so Fred, <laughs> now your camera, how much... How many hours of footage do you think you're offloading after an event? Uh, it depends on the event. I think, well, I guess one year at 2K, I don't know about my camera specifically, but I know one year at 2K, uh, they said that we brought back 40 hours? 20, I think it was 40 hours of footage. Between, like, the crew? or Yeah. So 40 hours of footage, that becomes about, what, 15 videos maybe of TX2K. I mean, daily we have the Five. daily videos. Yeah, obviously. but then after that, and then there's... street features as well. Yeah, uh, and then the movie. We, we don't, don't do, do that anymore. Do those when anymore. did that stop? 2020? Two 2019? years ago. Two. It had to have been two years ago. Okay. Two or three years ago. Yeah, we started doing uh, street features with our footage because the DVD just took too long. It took too long. We wanted to get our we wanted to get our our, our footage out, and we wanted people to see it. And people still wanted, like, like, like the DVD. It just, when you get it six months later, everybody would get it, but it was just, we just figured yeah. this was a better way to use our media. Even, like, a digital copy would be cool, because, like, even, you know, I have a TV in here. Right. It'd be cool to put a two-hour video up there. So we, had, we sold digital copies when, when we did yeah. the DVD. You could either get the hard DVD copy or digital copy. And now you put them all out online. All the old stuff too. Yeah, we're starting to we drop we drop old just full DVDs every once in a while. Yeah, that's a really cool deal. Watching like the like two thousand like Cots nine, Cots and, nine from two thousand and five. <laughs> oh my like, gosh! You do you got like two hours of footage and it's all like old old stuff and you'll but you'll see some gems and they're like is that was that boosted GT? Why is, it, is that the yellow SN ninety five? And then you'll see other people, and it's kind of cool. You'll see like the early underground cars and stuff when like they're oh like, the Gallardos, you yeah, know, a thousand horsepower. Oh, and like, now it's like no, thirty like two hundred. A two R a two R car was like fifteen fifty to the wheel, and that was like a oh my god, did you see? It's just like yeah, you'd see that. Those were the those were the big dick cars that would show up to mullets. God, mullets was a vibe at at two K. Did you ever go to mullets? I don't. I don't know much about mullets besides the GT five hundred was his. I don't really know much about GT him. Though. Didn't he have a GT five hundred? I thought he had a gray Gallardo Superleggera. Okay, he, so he, I don't know anything about. He him. had one of those. He had uh, the <laughs> he four had GT. He had the he had the tri charge four. That's GT. what it was. The GT. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, twin turbo supercharged with nitrous. Super turbo nitrous. Tricharged. Mm-hmm. We call it. We say tricharged. Super turbo nitrogen. Tricharged. Okay. Tricharged. Sounds really cool on clickbait yeah. titles. Uh, <laughs> really but confuses the audience. He got the last iteration of the car before he sold it was all the all the piping and everything was gold plated. So like you pop the hood. Gold. It was a white with blue stripe Ford GT like 0506 <laughs> body style, mm-hmm. and then it made 2,400 horsepower. Uh, and I think that actually when it was tricharged, it only made like 11 or 12, and then he had it built. And I can't remember the shop that did it. I, I want to. I I think I know the shop, but I don't want to say for sure because I don't know. But uh, when he got it back, it was supposedly twenty four. It was the two point four K GT, and oh. so it made twenty four hundred horsepower apparently, and twenty four karat gold plated everything under the hood, which was pretty dope. So that was probably like I, I often hear people talk about like 
TX2K is not the same as it used to be. Yeah. It's now more track-focused. Right, yeah. And back then, when it was, like, street, street, like, people, like, the track was kind of just, like, a bonus feature. Yeah. Well, well, the track, well, you got to think, the track that they were doing it at was uh, Sealy, out there at Hennessy, mm-hmm. right next to Hennessy. I'm t- the, track, the track's just not great. I'll be honest. I've been there for a few events. The track's not great. And that event got really big and just outgrew that track. It's a very small track. Like, stands on one side, and there was, like, ten rows of stands, and that was, mm-hmm. like, it was a very small track, so it outgrew it very quickly. Well, it was the Supra Nationals for a long time. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, if you have a Supra race, you're obviously not going to have an abundance of them because there's only so many. So you were there going when he... Peter finally kind of switched over to it being TX2K. No, it was always TX2K. Oh, I thought it was just Supra. In the very beginning, I thought it was a Supra National or something. I and think then he switched to TX2K. I don't know. I, I'm not old enough to know, huh. nor am I. I thought it was TX2K, and he, he sold it as like the Supra National. There's a strong chance. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, it don't could know. be. Kyle would know. Sure. Peter would know. <laughs> Probably. Um, so when you were going, when you first showed up, was it 1,000 horsepower cars? Like were they already just like all over? Or was but there the, like but one those or were two? like those were like the top echelon cars were like the underground cars, and then the GTR builders would bring their cars out like sixteen, seventeen hundred horsepower. Like these are the top horsepower car like GTRs on the planet, and they're coming out there to play on the street with underground with their fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred horsepower Gallardos. Uh, it was it was like the wild west. You, like, if you got an invite to Mullets, that means you had a legit car, and then it was a good group because anytime they went out to go racing, it was just, like, nothing but small groups. They'd go out there, get the racing done, and nobody ever got in trouble. So it wasn't a bunch of dumb kids. It was adults trying to do adult racing. Yeah, now there's so many that it's impossible to almost, like, get together with the person and actually go out there without being blocked by cars. Well, you yeah. used to be able to race on... We used to race on I-10. And you'd race I-10, right, right through. Hours. Yeah. Till sunrise. Literally till sunrise. Then we'd go to the track and it'd be like no sleep. You'd go from street racing, get dropped off of the track. You'd you'd race all day at the track and just do it all over again. Yeah, for, for any fans that see us at TX2K, <laughs> you got to think. On day four, five, or six of this event, I think it's five-day event this year. Yeah. On day like four or five of this event, if you see us, we're zombies at that point. We've we gotten, literally, we're like we we we're at the track all day, and then we try to go get some street stuff if we can, try to find something, and then we go to the track the next day. Sometimes we can be out till you know, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Other times we can be out till seven o'clock in the morning, and then we got to be at the track at eight or nine. On day four, we could possibly only be on nine hours of sleep total for the week for the whole four days. And you guys would even stage hotels, like you would get hotels all throughout the city. Yeah, so we'd always we'd just have in case. So we'd ha- we we usually have our uh, hotel by the track, but uh, when street racing was really heavy in Houston at two K event or not, it wasn't at. I don't want to advertise that it. it was at two K was the reason, but whatever. It was just uh, happened to be there. At happened the same to be time there. Ha- street racing happened to happen at the same time. It just happens in March, right? Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, exactly. We get that Marriott hotel like forty-five minutes to an hour away. Yeah, like we we'll, we'll get the host hotel. We'd get a room there just for the week. And if somebody got stranded, like got in a group of cars and they were going back to the Marriott, and there was no way we could get back out to Baytown without like getting an Uber or something like that. Yeah, because it's just far. Yeah, don't it's forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah. yeah. And so we'd have a room there that anybody 
crash out at any point in time. But yeah. now, I mean, fast forward, like you out of the glory days, now there are helicopters in the sky flying around the whole night, yep. and we've been told that they can read your plate from a mile away, anywhere. So any car that's driving around from a mile away can read your plate. They got undercovers that are in, like, Hellcats and Mustangs on beadlock tires, and, and they'll honk it off. And they're, they're trying to get people to race them, nope. and as soon as the other yeah. guy goes, pulls them Lights. Off. And yeah. it's just like, dude, and they're taking cars. People are going to jail. Yeah, people get, I mean, every year it's at, two, every year it at 2K, it's like a, it's kind of like a, you're always got your eye to the, you, or not your eye, you always got your ear out there for like, okay, how many people got arrested last yeah. night? How many people got impounded? Because every night it's like, it'll be like, oh shit, it, Tuesday? Somebody got it on somebody got impounded on Tuesday? Yeah, sometimes. And then sometimes we like, dude, they got like eight people on Wednesday. It's like it's like normally back in the day it was like you'd have the heyday where you could show up on two Wednesday Tuesday, Wednesday, go street racing every night, have great racing all night, and it was everything was good. And then the cops might get heavy Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday. But now it's like impounded, ticketed thrown in jail <laughs> and also if you get thrown in jail on friday night you're not getting out till monday morning yeah so you're missing all your classes potentially your whole race set <laughs> it's ruined yeah yeah because so. because there's some people that street race in get track. arrested and then have to be at the track the next day to make a pass in their car i'm pretty sure um trying to think of his name with white rice had to do it one year didn't he um zach or dewey or? yeah i feel like zach zach got in trouble street racing I don't know that. I, I thought know, I, I thought I thought there was an interview way back of that happening. Could have been. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise anybody. You know, street racing happens. So we are kind of at the last year of that, though. Guaranteed. The, eh, well, well, this is the last year at Houston Raceway. Yes. We don't know what's going on after this. Last year was also supposed to be the last year. Right, but apparently this is like the last year. Yeah. I I swear, if Peter comes out at the end of that and says, "Ed, we're doing it." Uh, here's your raceway next year. I will be like, you gotta stop, dude. You're you're it's you're the cry- best marketing ever. You're crying. Wo- you've cried wolf twice now. You can't keep doing. Oh, I don't believe it. It's the best time. marketing ever because everybody wants to be at the last one. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, if this is the last one, that will be kind of sad because after Sealy, they went straight to Houston Raceway, and it's been a great track. Like, there's only so many other tracks in the country that I can think of that this event could possibly go to where they could handle that amount of people. Yes, like, it has to be a. NHRA size track, but also have a cool owner like Seth, who owns Houston, who kind of is okay with a little bit of, like, outlaw, I would say, mm-hmm. because roll racing, you kind of need to look the other way a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that going 250 with a car that has a... 236. 236 with a car that is OEM interior is okay. <laughs> in, if it started from a stop, you'd be like, yo, that guy needs a cage. But when you start from a roll, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's crazy how that works. I don't ask a lot of safety questions. That's not I'm really your thing. Those. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of filming what they're doing out there. Exactly, exactly. You just kind of had document, I guess. Yeah, but when you think about it, though, uh, there really are only a handful of tracks that can handle that many people. And that big of a shutdown for that fast of roll racing. Yep, all the pits facilities stands like there's literally only a handful of tracks. z-max the z-max in charlotte vegas. and then z-max in vegas yep uh indy indy uh 
Maryland? You think Indy's pits mm, are big? Maryland enough? doesn't have a big shut. Maryland's got a good shutdown. They have an NHRA sanction. They have a half yeah. mile shutdown. Yeah. Because I know Houston has just that long shutdown with the sand, which is so good for a roll car that goes. There's sand at Maryland. Because they go 1,500 there's, there's feet. There's sand at Maryland. Because they go 1,500 feet in roll racing in Texas. Yeah, something like they that. They don't go. They do more than a quarter mile. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that makes it a little tough. Um, but those helicopters probably get the freaking sickest videos of some street races. <laughs> I bet you there are some sick videos somewhere yeah. in police um, some good computers footage. somewhere. Like yeah. <laughs> somebody getting for... gapped real good. And to the commentary, the pilot going like, oh, he, he got out on him pretty good. He, three cars, four cars, dang. <laughs> yeah, so if you're an officer in, in Houston, look yeah. up from March Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 12th to 19th of last year and see if there's any good helicopter footage <laughs> send it over yeah we're interested i would love to uh, see some of that Hold and on. then your ride-along oh yeah so real quick speaking of ride-alongs let's just take a quick little flashback to Go germany okay so <clears throat> he just likes to flex the fact that i didn't get to germany no i wish you were there the whole he time because fl- there's so many german all the time cars that you know you yeah, would know a lot more about car guy i love german cars and fred loves german cars so it would have been good but okay so we went around with misha and we went around with kyle but one of the coolest parts is so we go to this bar called the crown and it's down in nuremberg it's weird it's like 12 maybe 1 a.m there's really nothing open except for this bar a little tiny little bar and we go in there, and we're drinking, having fun. And this guy starts talking to us about cars. And he tells us his racing Honda is out front. So he's got this Honda, like just a full-blown race hatch Honda out front. His name on his social media is like Hondan. So Honda, but Hondan, because his name's Dan. So uh, he, we end up talking to him. And he's like, hey, I have a turboed one of these. Hold on. He drives off, comes back a couple minutes later, and flies down the street in this, like, few hundred horsepower, like, boosted Honda that was actually, like, really wild. And the next day, he took me out for laps, and he was super fast. He knew the track really well, and this was, like, a full-blown race car, and I got to do a few laps in that, and we were... That was the most fun I had around the whole entire track. So, so was he just, like, a guy that has some pass to the Nürburgring? How does that work? Like, if oh, you live near it, like, is it just always open? Is no. It a public like, road? G- yes. The Nürburgring is a toll road, and anybody can drive on it. Uh, You'll see, like, a DHL delivery truck or, like, a van or, I mean, literally anything that has four wheels or two wheels, any wheels, you can take out there. 
It's just a toll road. Oh, so you just yeah. pay? Yeah, you just go and pay toll, and you drive on the twelve point mile or twelve point one or some mile long road. And I would imagine it's closed sometimes for like. Yeah, there's you different know, things they close it for. Test, testing yeah. cars, OEM testing cars. Yeah, and, stuff. and when you were talking about weather, here's one of the craziest parts about the Nurburgring. So certain times of years, or certain times of the year, it could be snowing at one part of the track, raining at another, and completely dry at another. So. Typically, racers will put on a certain tire for a certain condition, but when you have, like, snow, rain, and dry, I mean, it, that's why they call it the Green Hell. It's, like, one of the most challenging, if not the most challenging racetracks in the world. Yeah, because even, like, memorizing the track itself is tough. Like, you know, you can do a, a shorter you go go-karting and you memorize that track yeah, real quick. Yeah, That's usually people's gauge is of going around the track is a go-kart. And the go-karts are funny because it's probably more invigorating than most cars you can be in they're so cheap yeah it's so sad in a way the but yeah so like germany was cool that was basically what we did and then i said we you know we headed over to belgium and got into the uh forget what the whole track is like friendship stay spot and it was this circuit of spa though and we out there for the 24-hour practice rounds and finagled our way into some media vests so that was super cool but i just Everywhere we go, and like you were saying how interested you were in the world travel, because it's not, you know, there's a lot of fans that are here, and they might not know what it's like. It, something that Fred and I always say is that cars is an automotive, it's like an international language, because it doesn't matter where we go, we get, like when we go to Brazil or Germany or Dubai or Qatar or even just Florida or Washington, literally anywhere, you're best friends with people once they know that you like cars and everybody has the same kind of spirit to them with cars and racing and so i mean you can just really go anywhere and make friends if you're into it yeah it's kind of a weird thing like that there's nothing there's not much else out there that you can just like kind of pick up and know like oh that guy kind of has the same mindset as me if exactly. somebody has a modified car yeah you know they've busted their knuckles a little bit you yep. know they've kind of struggled through things and it's just like Part of owning a modified car yeah. often sucks. <laughs> it really does. It's a love-hate, I, I hear from, you know, most people, you know. Yeah, don't modify your car if you're not uh, thick-skinned, I guess you say. Um, so, travel then. Back to um, where else? Fred's been to Qatar, and you've done cool stuff there. They race differently there. They race at, like, a bougie high level, it feels like. We oh. race at, like, a peasant level. I wouldn't say that. Uh... <laughs> I so I've been to Qatar. I think we I think I went there three times, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dubai once, but that wasn't for drag racing. But over in Qatar, it's a very nice track. Like the wall is probably the thickest wall I've ever seen in a drag strip. Like you're standing next to it, at the starting line. It's probably this thick, the starting mm-hmm. line, and it goes all the way down the track, like four feet high, and then at the end it gets like to six, seven feet high. So if you lose it you're not going over a wall for sure uh super super flat it goes right towards suns towards sunset uh there was just like regular racers like they have pits there where it's like little garages and they have tent tent style pits or whatever and it was a bunch of regular guys just like middle eastern guys from different countries around the middle east that would bring their car there for I think they were like five or six weekends a year where they do like a traveling series and it goes to Qatar. What track were you at? Uh, Qatar Racing Club. Qatar Racing Club. Yeah. Okay. So was it? Is it like a compound? Like they have a drag strip and like a. Yeah. So KH is a uh, shake over there, 
and he is the one that's in uh, cars, period, racing, all that stuff. Uh, you, if you remember Alan Abbey Racing from NHRA, mm-hmm. they, like they, all they had was Alan Abbey Racing on the side. They didn't have any sponsors. They just yep. said Alan Abbey Racing, but they were really good too. Uh, he owned that, that racing team. And over there, he built, it was out of, out of nothing, just out of the desert there, uh, and, and at, at like a corner of the city, he built the drag strip and then a performance shop that's on, that's called Alanabi Performance. So you can take a car there uh, as a shell or whatever you want, take it there, have it built. They can test it. They can tell you what it is. You, you, can, you can race it down the track or whatever and make sure it does everything and uh, not even leave the facility. So you can have a car built, tested, everything's good, and not leave the facility. So it's just, yeah, it's just like a car guy heaven compound of awesomeness. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, KH has some pretty awesome cars that we got to, got, to, got to look at. And it's not just, like, your performance shop. It's, like, you know, custom dyno room, they, they did booth. They, like they did. Uh, lifts in the ground. Like, there's everything. Multi-million dollar they performance do, shop. They build so many different things over there. Uh, one of the cars that they have over there that we didn't get over here was the, was the Patrol, Nissan Patrol. Yes. And those, like, inline six cylinders, 4.8 liter, uh, and a manual transmission. And it's and they put massive turbos on them. They'll be, like, 12, 1,300 horsepower. Those things are the most wild. I wish we could get them over here. Well, they had a diesel variant also that seemed pretty interesting, I feel like. So people put the diesels into them. Oh, I didn't see any over yeah, there when I was over there. Yeah, they have some kind of weird diesel I've seen before. I, I don't know if you ever got if you got to see those ones. But they'll build those. They'll build like just their they they had shop cars like one of the they were going one of the records they were going for was the fastest uh, IRS Supra in the world at the time, mm-hmm. and it was Mark IV Supra. Uh, they they had the f- quickest and fastest uh, Outlaw Ten Five car. There was another one that they they literally designed a apparently on I think it was an outlaw ten five or something like that. The rules were uh, if you had an eight cylinder, you had a weight re- you had a weight restriction. You had to make weight. If you had a six cylinder or less, you didn't have to make weight. You could be as light as you wanted. So they basically took like a five forty big block, a lot more technology designing and engineering to this, but they basically basically <laughs> took a, a five forty big block and chopped two cylinders off and made it a six cylinder. And put it in a C6 Corvette Pro Mod type 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 looking thing, and it was the weirdest sounding car. Apparently, they went through a lot of motors doing research and development. But when we saw that thing run, it was fast, and it sounded so weird. And they were the only ones that did this engine. Nobody else had this engine. They made it in house, designed it in house. They had a CNC. They had a a whole shop that was just CNC stuff. They would just make heads out of nothing. For like any, they could make parts out of for for any car that was in the shop. They didn't. Yeah. They literally didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to buy parts from anywhere if they didn't want to. I think that's like what I was trying to get at. Like, it's not just a shop. Like we have performance shops. It's like extremely high caliper. Right. Of like KH didn't do anything cheaply. Like he he's like okay, well if we're gonna make our own parts, we got to make it in like good machines. So it's like all these Haas CNC five axis CNC machines everywhere making parts and. Just yeah, it was it was, and their own engine builder, their own uh, their their fabrication guys over there are they'll crazy like the welds. I'm like, did a laser do this? Nope, it was a guy, just a 
Filipino guy. Just, yep. just, but it, they look perfect. Everything looks amazing over there. Where's the place that you went? He was telling me one time that there's, a, I think it was a shake maybe, but he got he did the helicopter and he had a Maybach to take him on the track and all that. Right. Tell that. So, okay. This, so. this story just blows my mind. This is some high caliber. So, stuff so KH is a shake in, in Qatar. There's several shakes, but. Uh, so he's high level, high level government official, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one time, he did race his pro mods himself, and he would get in the car and race it. Uh, a couple years ago, he wasn't allowed to anymore. The royal family said, "You're not allowed to anymore. You're too important." So, but he does still tune on the cars and everything, which is really cool. Oh, that's crazy! Uh, but he would come up. He would have his Maybach bring him to the starting line. He'd get out, get in his pro mod, make a pass that was like, I think he broke the pro mod world record when I was there once. So he's, he's a driver. He's not like slow or anything. He's a, quite the driver. So he'd make his pass, and at the end of the track, he'd pull off, and then he'd get out of his car, and the Maybach would be sitting there, and get in it, and then pull him to the front. And he'd just chill in there. But the thing is, is like, to get from his house to the track, sometimes he would <laughs> helicopter in. Yeah, but he still But he still wants the Maybach there to take him from the finish line to starting line. Yeah. So the Maybach would leave from his house and he would take the helicopter and the Maybach would meet him there at the track and drive him around. And then when he went home, he would take the helicopter and the Maybach would drive home. Is that the same place where the VIP oh seats gosh. were gold? They were painted gold, but they were very nice. Yeah. They had a they had a V they had a VIP section at the racetrack and it was uh the seating was like regular stadium stadium like regular seating, but instead of bleachers, they were like Gold chairs. Velvet covered gold chairs. They were nice. Mm-hmm. They had a V VIP. So you know VIP. Yeah. Well, Kyle and I were V VIPs. Very very oh, important people. So there's levels to it, not just. They like had a tent that we we, we walked into this tent that was a V VIP tent. We're the only two people in there, and there's like a uh, lady there who's like. Help, like, we'll get you stuff, whatever you need, water, anything. So you have a concierge at the track yeah. for your VIP. We're walking, we walk into this tent, and there's, there's, there's a, you have those, like, uh, kind of rug-type situation where you oh, sit down. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just chilled with there, and there was, like, a table where you just put a little snack food, plate it up, and then there was, like, a TV or two there that was a, a CCV live stream of what's going on on the track. So we just sit there in our VVIP section. Like they don't they they do they do it they do it cool yeah I, that's here, what I've always seen. The worst part about it is though, uh, so they do all this stuff. They put a bunch of money into it. It's a really nice track, really nice facility, but drag racing is just not big over there. The way it was described to us is like, oh, that's hillbilly. That's like the way we would look at it. It's like that's like lesser people do that. And it's like, well, uh, KH does it, and he's worth how much money? You know, and he's he's putting millions of dollars into this facility and his race cars and everything. And there's legit cars that come out there. Uh, who's the guy in Bahrain? Ikenu. Yeah. Ikenu. I met Ikenu out there. I think it was the second time we went over there, and I was like, uh, somebody was talking about, have you seen that? We were talking about KH's car collection that we'd seen that day. Yeah. And somebody's like, you seen that guy's car collection? And I look over, and it's just some guy in a puffy shirt or pu- puffy coat. And I was like... I don't know who that is. And they're like, that's, that's, that's EK. I was like, what? Ikenu. I was like, I follow him. Like he never shows yeah. his face on Instagram. I was like, Their I follow Instagram that guy. Serious. It's like how many 
high-powered cars that, do you okay, have? Like, it's okay. an insane pace right. to follow. It makes you feel really poor. Yeah. So so <laughs> that's a that's like top-tier 1320 garages. Yeah. If like, I could get to Bahrain and do E-Canoe's garage, and I don't know what his top... I, we could do a top 10. Ew. He's got so many cars. A lot of gimbling for me. Huh? Like, yeah, he is top tier. Yeah, I mean, how do you even do that? You'd have to just be like, okay, we'll, we'll just start a new channel. This will be a movie. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know it, how you would it, it would, it would be an over an hour episode, I'm sure, or a two-parter or freaking something, three. dude. Like what? <laughs> it was, dude, Ikenu's Garage is, like, in my mind, like, as far as modified stuff and stu- all that, top tier. Yeah. Yeah, he probably He's, has one of the best collections in the world of cars. That oh, yeah. is reported on. Right, right. Not not one where they just buys a bunch of stock cars and they sit in a warehouse and it's like, I own a no, billion dollars worth of cars. Like, no, these are, like, cars, most of them are built. But is reported on. Who knows what's out there? Right, that is under the radar because a lot of those people are pretty under the radar. Not like those people is in Middle Eastern, but like those people is in wealthy that level. Yeah, they're pretty low key because um, where I grew up, uh, what is it? Ralph Lauren has a big car collection. Yep, right near me. All of his cars were like in like ten different houses because he's got two of every Ferrari, and they're all red. Gosh. Just in case, <laughs> just in case you gotta have a second I one like so you that. can drive the one. Yeah, yeah that's he, a good idea. Like, Ralph, Ralph Lauren's. I swear to God, he's a car guy that just tricked people into buying clothes, like just so he could fund his car addiction. He's Dead got set. he's got like 1939 Bugattis. He's got like stuff where it's like, oh my God! Like if you breathe on it wrong, it costs you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like, he's got really top tier. And I will say, quick little flex, but um, Dylan Lauren, his daughter, named. Their, her son Cooper after me. So, oh well, congratulations. Yeah, Cooper. she met me and was like, "I'm gonna name my son Cooper." I was like, "Damn, you're just gonna steal my name like that? Let me tour his car collection." We <laughs> <laughs> go to the candy shop because <laughs> she got the Dylan Dylan's candy bar deal at all the airports. But oh, okay. so the travel wise, you went to Alaska. Have you raced on? Have you been to racing on every continent? Or which no. ones are you guys missing? No, we haven't been to Africa. Alaska. We, we haven't been to Asia. We were just in no, Alaska. No, you're at Alaska. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, guys. We were just no. in Alaska. Antarctica. Oh. Cold. Yeah, they don't drag race in Antarctica. I was, might be able to convince somebody. Dude, I will. You can dr- drag race on the ice, and Fred knows damn well you can do that. We've done that before. But uh, I'm thinking we could st- we could do some, some uh, sled dog races. So you're only two continents away as the 1320. Because I don't think you guys have been to, like, Africa. Middle East. Is Middle East part yep. of the African continent? Yep. Okay, so I guess that one technically, adds up. Yeah, technically, technically, we have. it adds up. So yeah. South America, Africa, North America, oh, uh, Australia, Australia, yep. Europe, mm-hmm. and then we need Asia we and Antarctica. Asia and didn't do Antarctica. Would Asia is possible, and we're going to go there because we want to go to Japan. We want to go. Look, there's. I mean, I think it's Thailand. In Asia, yeah, it's Thailand, in Southeast Asia. Okay, yeah. yeah, we want to go there. There's a few places we want to go, so we'll make it. Yeah, Antarctica, we might need to like. We might need to pull. We, we might need to pull some strings on that one. Yeah, yeah I think there's some I treaties think, there. Maybe you could just go there, get like, well, a race going. Well, I think I think Lewis Hamilton went there just for fun, like in the off season. I was like, he's like, I went to Antarctica. I was like, you went where? You can <laughs> for take a fun? There. Well, that's, let's go. Let's go and let's race some RC cars, race and we'll call something. it the first the first drag race in Antarctica history. Or some kind of like Boom. the planes that they land on the ice. If anybody is watching this that happens to have a hookup to how to get to Antarctica, <sighs> yeah. I'll go. You going? 
Yeah. All right, we're going. We got to cross that sea, though. There's like some sea that co- it's in between the tip of South America and Antarctica. And there's water there. It's yeah. the most dangerous water well, in you the can world. Fly well, just don't get in the water. You fly no. over that. Like there's like 50, 100 foot waves that are hitting the boat. Getting a big boat. Getting a big boat. No, they, I would definitely um, fly over it. I would too. Yeah, but I don't I think. think that, but people no, sail around the world down you there. You can't fly there unless you're a scientist. Normal people have to go. Oh, the Drake's Passage. And Drake's Passage is famous for being one of the most violent, like, it big-ass boat ships. I don't think he realizes that we're doing this in the name of science, so we are technically scientists. I mean, what even is a scientist? Drag racing in Antarctica hasn't been done yet. I don't even know if it can be done. Science says... Let's find out. It That's can true. be done because they're landing planes on the ice, and we've dragged race yeah, on the ice. Yeah, we get it. So it means I'm just saying it. we need an excuse to go. Yeah, we need to go. So uh, South America, then. <laughs> what happened in South America? Brazil. Brazil. Fuel Tech. Fuel Tech is amazing. Fuel they're Tech brought nice. us down there to basically look at the facility, go to the local drag strip, and... Uh, Check out the racing course. Yeah, it's there. it's... Pretty awesome down with there. um what's his name Andrin and An- no, Anderson, Anderson owns it. Luis Tudor's around was our guide the whole time. Both them are you know when they say treat the janitor like you would the CEO, they are the embodiment of that saying. They are the absolute nicest people that any level of person using fuel. Tech. What is it like down there? What is like what's that four cylinders? You know because um Dom Toretto kind of made it look like it was. Real serious. It was a little well, wild. Well, it depends what part what part of the of Brazil you're in. We were in Aguadilla, which yeah. isn't no, not Aguadilla is where we were in uh, Puerto Rico. Porto Alegre. Porto, yeah, that's where we were. That's in yeah. the southern part of Brazil. Yep. And it was uh, the, the racetrack was pretty cool. Yep. Velo Park was yeah super nice. That was actually. a really cool track. It was a real cool facility. Circuit course as well. So they yeah. had, like the pits with the little stalls that everyone got to go in. What's the drag strip like? Is it like nice? Do they prep well? Like yeah. they got like legitimate they, looking they stuff. Have, they have they have a park did low six low six second stick cars. Oh yeah, I've or, seen or, that before. Or just just got the six second. I can't well, remember. They're the, like they some of the like fastest to count ones. Them as the record though. No, they don't because they're. I think there's lockouts or something. Like yeah. That. What's so, the motor they shoot fire out of? Uh, I don't know, but it's an Opal that they race. It's not yeah. a Barrett motor, right? No. But it's like like it's that? an inline. It's an inline six or five like that, and they run like nitro through it, like full almost full nitro. So it they flame they shoot flames. But they got front wheel drive cars with wheelie bars. Yeah, front wheel drive car with so like a twelve foot wheelie bar new. out the back, so it gets traction like that. There's no like, spinning. Goes like this. They're so cut up and light they're back there that they. Oh flex. yeah, like, yeah. So weird. That it actually flexes. Yeah. So what were you guys down there for? So they were doing a race while we were while we yeah. were down there, but Fuel Tech had us come down there and we did a video of their facility and we with like most of the honestly most of the cars there ran on Fuel Tech any race car down there. Yeah. Uh, their their import tax there is is a hundred percent. So if you got if you, you got bu- a Holly, you if you get, the cost. Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. So down there, uh, if you don't want to spend five grand on a Holly, full Holly system or something like that, you could go to Fuel Tech and get a Fuel Tech system. Damn, you basically have a captive audience to buy your product. <laughs> Kinda, but at the same time, <laughs> I mean, but at the same why. time, uh, Luis and several other guys at the track, they would go to the track and during the race, if anybody needed help with their Fuel Tech, they would just walk around free help all day. But just, they do that here. 
They, they do it everywhere. <laughs> they do it here, That's yeah. what I'm saying. They have the best customer service and the most helpful people of any brand we've come across. Like, they're just always there and ready to take in anybody's questions. Like, okay, so I was talking about how, you know, treat the junior like the CEO. We were in the car, and Luis got a call from Sean, Murder Nova, from Street Outlaws. He said he was going from, I think, either the track to the street or the street to the track. And he's like, yo, I need to figure this out. I got to get this, you know, set up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you listen to the tone that Luis talked to him with, how he talked to him, how he helped him and everything. And then later in the day, we're in the pits, and there's this dude with, like, a hole in his shoe. You can see the t- his toe sticking out, had a little Volkswagen, and he had a fuel tech system. And Luis, he didn't question. Luis treated him with the same respect, used the same tone, was, like, just as helpful and eager to help. And so that was, like, one of those moments you're like, hey, this company's special. It's, you know, because most... E- ECU, you know, companies have quite a bit of knowledge. They have good products. So there's, a, there's a lot of different ones, and, you know, most of them work pretty well. But I think FuelTech's really got it down to being, like, the iPhone of the ECU world because it's just... Oh, Holly's a big one here in the States. But FuelTech is... I see that on a lot of big cars, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, once FuelTech kind of partnered with um, ProLine because they're facility are really close to each other they're next door to each yeah. other on purpose by mm-hmm. design mm-hmm. so they kind of immediately put themselves to the top of racing which was yeah. a fantastic marketing ploy absolutely a lot of everybody sees cars. that and they're like oh that's what they run i better run that and their system is just so easy to use like i know motec has you can do a lot with it there's you can a, do lot a lot of deep tuning with that you can I'm, do a lot with you, yeah. can, you can do a lot with a lot of different ECU companies and though. the fuel tech just has it presented super easy so like i don't really know much i haven't built a car yet but i'm sure that if i built a race car i'd use fuel tech and it wouldn't be as hard for me to do that as it would to be like trying to program a motec yeah, myself yeah with the customer support and everything is always helpful too and the menu it's stuff, it's cool yeah. that they're like semi-local they're only in like georgia atlanta and then down in Puerto. and so many people go up there to dyno their cars that's like like a thing that's like the coolest part about their their social media is like who's on the dyno this week yeah it's always some big big car that you're like oh shit i see this thing race all the time let's see what it puts down yes oh and fred gave me a a fred white and blue sticker yes fred white and blue when's the last video you put out fred shut up i'm putting one out see go for a dive we got as much as it could. It got an hour. Did it, it did what it could. I'm putting a video out next week. Nice. Yeah. Oh, all right. So Fred White and Blue will have video out probably by the time this is up. So I hope. Yeah. At least go check it out. Probably a couple. Yeah. What is it on? What do you guys? YouTube. I mean, what is it up based oh, on? Oh, uh, my my doing? 2023 project. Hmm. You want to give us a little sneak peek? You want to give us a little teaser, maybe? Uh, like a trailer to get the, people excited to go? So I have a 64 Corvette mm-hmm. that I've had forever, and uh, all the other cars are getting ignored this year, and that one's getting all of my time, money, and attention. Oh. So I'm going to okay. be doing a lot of stuff to it. Okay, I'm excited to see that. I know you have quite a few collection of cars. I have a handful. Yeah. Um, are you going to do a garage tour of yourself? Like I don't know. I think version. I don't think I think Kyle doesn't think my garage is cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you could film the video and present it. Ugh. I'm gonna do it on myself. You'd have to. I'm the one that films these things, so I'd be doing. Hey, friend, yeah, what's, what's your top three? I don't to, know. It'd be really <laughs> tough. You're gonna have to pre-record it, and then, I would look like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> That's all YouTubers, Fred. 
As all of us, okay. I do that every single day. I have to talk to myself. Oh, I do it when I do my videos too. But it's just like that's I why I started a podcast so I didn't have to talk to myself all the time. Fair, fair. <laughs> Bronte won't come hang out with me. <laughs> so street racing. Yeah. There's kind of. I feel like there's street racing, and then there's like actual street racing. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like there's like. Um, I feel like. Okay, I know what you're saying. So. No, I don't. Let him talk. I want to hear him. Okay. Uh, it's hard to um, put to words, but I feel like there's what people perceive as street racing, like what you see maybe on the internet and TV, and it's not quite the same as what you guys have filmed. Are you talking about, like, Fast and Furious? Like, that type of stuff? That as well, but even, like, some of the no-prep stuff that's also more prepped than oh. kind of believed, and you guys have been to some of the worst streets ever. I thought you were talking about takeovers. No, takeovers are the worst thing ever. That's yeah, the cancer are. of the automotive community. I just want to say that out loud. Yes. Yeah. Cancer I, of the automotive it's community. It's not even, it's nothing. It's I just, like watching people get run over at them. I don't. Oh, I don't like gosh, seeing people it, get it, hurt. It's, dang, it's just not. It's entertaining No, the, the, here's the, here, okay, so here's the kind of people that go to takeovers. I'm just, or just quick, quickly, quickly. We'll touch on this and we'll, we'll walk These away. Not, touch on this, smart. walk away. We'll just, so not very smart. When, you get, when you get hit by a car at a takeover, Guess what doesn't happen? Nobody comes to see if you're okay. Nobody stops. You know what does happen? People. A bunch of cell phones with their flashes on coming up to you and filming your body limp on the floor. Those are the kind of people that go. So if you're, if you're going to one of those and you care at all about your anything, safety, just, like leave. Just, just leave. That, step number one at a takeover, leave. Yeah, well, you've been at races, drag races on the street where people have wrecked. And yeah. it's... Uh, probably a lot different than somebody wrecking at a takeover. Everyone's really into the safety and making sure that person's okay and getting the proper... doesn't yeah. matter what we're doing. The, if someone's hurt, we're going to call an ambulance. And yeah. like people can argue with us all day. It's like, oh, you guys are out there street racing. It's dangerous. Like, do you know where we where we street race? Where, where there's nobody else around. Yeah. We're not trying. We're not trying to bring attention to ourselves. We're not trying to bring any extra spectators. We're not trying to do it in front of everybody. It's not an intersection. No, no, it's no. not in the city. It's in a remote area. Ninety nine point nine percent like of the time. One or two in the morning. I mean, it's just as far and way as possible yeah. from people. We're not doing this down Main Street at two o'clock in the afternoon on I'll, a Monday. I'll be honest. <laughs> Streetcar takeover really got screwed over by this whole takeover thing. Well, they got a bad name for a little bit because people got confused, but I don't. I don't, think I don't know. They're yeah. just naming wise PR. Right. Really, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they were they've been doing really this for years, and all of a sudden takeovers. I was like, this is not. And it was like street takeovers. No, yeah. My <laughs> least favorite thing about them is with these news outlets. Any news outlet, if anybody news outlet is watching this, it's not street racing. You're dumb. You're just dumb, and you need to stop calling it street racing. These guys are out here street racing. No, he's doing. He's no one's he, racing. He's doing this, and that's also drifters will say that's also not drifting. You're just going in a circle, buddy. That's all you're doing. Hitting oh, and, that, and, that, and then they're they're gonna start a fire in the middle. And I then you're saw. Go I was like, light himself on fire. You see that video? Yeah. Dude lit himself on fire. No, no. And then got hit. Well, there's no. a guy that drove through with a truck and okay. lit his truck on fire. And I'm then sure that he, happens weekly, he fell into the gas. The gas, and then he got lit on fire. And then he got hit yeah. while on fire. It was dude. It's like what? So you know what's <laughs> honestly worse than a takeover is the ones that are like legal takeovers where they rent like a skid pad and do the same thing, but like legally 
because it's it's so cringe to watch everybody stand around and watch a car legally spin around like that too. Yeah, because it's almost worse. It's like because it, it's because it's it was. It then was, you're like, look how boring that is. Already, <laughs> it was not cool. And two, you just made something not cool, and you're like, let's make it more safe. It's like now just you look like it. now you look like a nerd, dude. You look like a nerd that still doesn't do something. Go cool. to the racetrack and race at the racetrack, or go drift. Yeah, like you one or the, the other. Racetrack. Yeah, it's like in between. I mean, you're not. Drag racing at all, but yeah, or, or in between stuff. Stop hitting people. Or find it's something crazy. else to do. Like maybe cars isn't your thing. Maybe you're not into cars like you think you are. If you have, I'm just gonna say this: if you have your your splitter guard still on your Mopars, oh. you're not that into cars. Fred does not like people with the little yellow I have, bananas. I have six bananas hanging up in my garage right now. Oh, I need one. He I just will, rips them off people's cars at the my, mall. Uh, okay, if they don't go <laughs> on my garage and my rafters, yeah. they will end up in the trash. They will end up in the landfill, and then these dumpster diving Mopar owners will go in there, grab them, and put them on their cars. How what long do you think Kyle Loftus will leave his on for? Didn't he just forever just one? to piss Fred off? Guaranteed. No, okay, so did you know? <laughs> Have you seen him color match? Did you know where people get yes. painted? Okay. <laughs> people get them color matched. Did, did you know the designers of those cars said? Once they realized that people were leaving these things on, they're like, no, that's not how we designed the car. Stop it. They wouldn't stop it. So in 2021, they changed the color of the splitter guards to pink, thinking there's no way these guys are going to keep these things on now. Now so, it's a rare one. <laughs> so now these guys are just going to get yellow ones or, or yeah, they leave the pink ones on. I have seen less pink ones on the road than yellow ones. So maybe these yeah. guys are just like finding new old stock yellow one somewhere also fun fact mopar guys if you get in a wreck or one of these gets ripped off and you go to the dealership you can, there's no part number for that there's no part number you can't order one because it says remove it dealer to on be the removed by at dealers what it says stamped into it embossed into it you can't get it you have to go on you have to go eBay. on ebay and spend like 50 100 bucks for a pair so you can look stupid again <laughs> and you have a bunch of pairs to sell they're not going on cars ever Fred again. Fred does not you could like sell no. Them. That's like what I would. Ra- biggest- I would. I would rather just like put them on the walls. I would rather put them on the walls. So if anybody wants to donate some to me, hit me up on the Instagram thirteen twenty video or Fred underscore thirteen twenty video, and I'll give you an address, and they will go up in the rafters, yeah. so they'll never go on a car again. Do you feel like the Hellcat market for drag racing kind of fizzled out? I feel like when they first came out, it was like this is the next car that you take drag racing and i feel like i don't see as many. it was the car that boomers took drag racing yeah because it was oh i had one of those or i wanted one of those that i wanted a challenger that was you know 1500 pounds lighter and way smaller back in the day that looked kind of similar i wanted one of those so i'm gonna get one now and then i'm gonna go to the drag strip and as soon as the light goes green i'm gonna floor it and just do a burnout for like mm-hmm. 60 feet and get and in your 700 707 horsepower car you're gonna run like a 15 and it's gonna be embarrassing for everybody well even like the demon i feel like it's like oh remember when the demon was a thing yeah and, like, and I never saw people them. still buy those it's, things for like 130 i, I don't get it it's like street stuff now i see a lot of high school kids racing the chargers and challengers and Shit. stuff like that on the street I had like 80 horsepower when i was in high school i had like a 8,000 pound Tahoe. Now they got 707. Kids are serious out here. 707. That's a lot of power. I just see those a lot. Yeah, but okay, they keep saying that. Mopar people like to say 707, 717, or whatever the hell the number is now. The number they're they're neglecting to mention is 4,800. That's how many pounds it weighs. Okay, so 707 is like 500 500 horsepower, and a 3,000 pound car is going to be faster than you. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
I mean, it adds up. My like a two forty with an LS will be much more stout than a, a car Hellcat. like that. Yeah, and cheaper. Yeah, or a Fox body. But the Hellcats like are that. very nice cars. Have been some fast ones. I wouldn't mind driving one. I would just never have one with splitter guards on it. Or <laughs> they're nice. They look. Set, set, I think they look decent. Seven oh seven horsepower would not be on my plate. I'm just gonna let you know okay, that right so. now. We'll leave the Hellcat guys alone. They've already made their bed, and they have to sleep in it. Yeah. (laughs) Every day, they have to sleep in their bed that they've made. They should change their sheets, I'm just saying. So, what kind of events do you two personally try to avoid when it's like, okay, we got to go to these events this year. Which ones do you guys like? uh, We just not like going to? I'll take these ones. (laughs) Hold on. I love the the people at this event. The people are super nice. And, you know, half miles are just boring. I feel like if you're racing yourself, that could be fun going really fast in your car. But as far as from a media standpoint, it was cool at Pike's Peak when everyone was going for world records and everything's pretty with mountains and amazing runways. But, I mean, when you're in, like, Kansas or middle of nowhere, Texas or Indiana, and there's just really no one coming close to the record, half miles, everything's so far away from you. Like 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 what he said, I get it. As far as a driver's standpoint, if you want to go out and you've never floored your car for yeah. a half mile and you want to go as fast as you can, you want to hot lap your your, yeah. your stock GT3, go for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to take yeah. I'll take the Harlequin out there. It has like 180 horsepower just maybe. As fast just, as your car just can go. Just to floor it and go as fast as you can. Yep. I get it. It sounds fun. But unless you have like the underground yellow car there or something like that. Going something, for the world record. Something that's going for a world record. Yeah. Also, at half miles, there's so many micro records. So it'll be like, this is the fastest NA, this kind of car in this generation. It's like, what? It's like, like well, you couldn't just be the fastest NA, like, fastest NA. Like, you car. just made that up. Fastest, you just made that up on the spot. <laughs> fastest NA fourth gen Camaro yeah. in the half mile. It's like. Well, it can't just be the fastest Camaro. No, it's the fastest NA, because it's also not the fastest Fortune Camaro, because it has to be NA. So it's like, there's so many micro records to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And it's not heads up. You're unless somebody brings the guy to the other Unless end. somebody brings out a new car that's like just crazy cool, like well, like crazy built, it's going to break a record, or just super, super unique. Those events, like... Like you said, the pe- the people that, that we see at the events, like, we love the racers, we love the promoters, they're all our friends and everything. It's just, like, for a media standpoint, unless people are breaking records, well, there's just not much for us to do, you know? Like, if you're at TX2K, you get there at 8 in the morning, you just go into this state of flow where you could snap and they're turning the lights out on you because... You've just gotten into, I mean, there's just so much going on. There's always something going on. You always got to be somewhere at the drag race when everything's like, when there's just like a huge race going on. You just are constantly working and it's easy to really get zoned in. But at a half mile, there's just so much downtime. And one of the biggest things in the action is so far away from you. So you don't, it's so far away from you as a spectator or media or anything. So it's just like, mostly you're just walking around the pits you know with yeah. cars that are just sitting there it's kind of like a car show so for you guys like you were kind of recently at the puerto rico one or that one posted recently mm-hmm. yeah like going somewhere where you see all different cars none of the cars you've seen before that kind of makes sense well, eh, it was just exotics kind of oh, it was right. it wasn't I didn't anything know if it was like some built some interesting there was a couple stuff. cars that had 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 a 
made some power. But R35s and R8s. Yeah, there's an R34 there. It was pretty yeah. cool. There, there was, there was cool cars there. Yeah. Like at every half Beautiful mile we go to, cars. there's cool, unique cars, and those are the cars that we try to do store to do videos on and stuff. Yeah. But legit, if it's not a super, super unique car, but like. We see, I don't know how many, stu- I'm not shitting on Camaros or Mustang guys, because, like, you got your stuff, you can build I'm them fast. I'm both of those I people. know you are. Uh, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> so, but, like, you bring your, your fifth, sixth-gen Camaro out or your Coyote Mustang, even if you make, like, eight, 900 horsepower, fast car, fun car, all that stuff, us watching that go to that half mile, like, it's not that exciting for us, and it's not that exciting for probably anybody else. But for you, you're having the time of your life, and I'm jealous of it. It's a driver's event. Yeah. It's not for sure. spectator. For us, it's, like, literally, it's unless... And nobody's trying to really go for the record recently. Um, like, Underground hasn't really tried to reset their record, the last, I don't think. I mean, they were, last time they said it was, like, a good four or five... Yeah, where were they at with that? Was it Indiana or How Colorado? Fast did they go? I can't remember. Two fifty nine or oh, two? Yeah. Oh, it was two sixty. I think they called it. It's either Indiana or Colorado. The Pikes Peak, but Pikes Peak just redid the runway and want like six times the amount of insurance money now from them, and it's just it not was even like feasible. back in the uh, like th- th- a few years ago when those cars were going at it. Like there was a few different shops going for it and trading off with the half mile yeah. record. Yeah, it was and kind then, of hot. They were doing it in Florida. Yeah, and they then had one. when Casey and Kevin, uh, or Casey Casey was driving it, but when Casey and Kevin brought, uh, it was one of the drag 965 cars out there, went 259, 260. Nobody else really tried after that. I think Lucas went 255 in a GTR, but that was the fastest, I think, anyway. Lucas else. English? Yeah. And now most people are doing between 200 and 230. Yeah. You'll yeah. occasionally like, see a 240-something, but, like, it's one in every four events. I mean, it's just... I don't know. You asked. I mean, I'm not like gonna. It's no, not, it's I mean, not I, bad enough to where I'll go complain about it. Like just end conversation, but just I can't think of anything else that's you know as slow versus like trying to go to some other fast moving event. Like you go to a drag race or even like a no prep race where there's kind of a lot going on. Yeah. Now, okay. So I I love street racing. I love clearing cash days. That's like one of my favorite things to cover. There can be so much downtime with those. Or, like, if you're getting chased off by cops over and, and over you're, and like, over. you're on your you're working on your fourth spot of yeah, the that night. That sounds terrible. Like, you yeah. work on your fourth spot of the night, you're not through the first round yet, and there's, and 27 cars showed up. And it's 3 a.m. Brother, you're looking at you're, 3 a.m. There might even be later than that. If it's, like, I didn't five, want to exaggerate. five, six o'clock <laughs> in the morning on day one, and you have so many rounds left, and you're just, like, Oh my god, we, we're gonna come back tomorrow, and not, hopefully we got spots tomorrow. And it's just like that can drag on, but like once cash days are done, the, that, everything about that makes it makes the story what it is. And that because it's real street racing, you get chased off by cops. You got to go find new spots. You got to these these guys are out there scouting new spots because we ran out of spots last night, so they got to find somewhere new for us to go. When it's working though, and when you finish, it's just like a super satisfying thing, and it's one of those experiences that. You can't just buy a ticket to. I think that's, that's why that's, it's so that's, popular. I, yeah, that's. I think that's why we've been known for our uh, street racing coverage. Is it's literally something like what he said. You can't buy a ticket to it. You have to know. Well, we get hit up all the time. We're street racing at the tonight, as if we're we in any random city we're in. We're gonna know. Apparently, like they always ask Somebody's us. Somebody's got to tell us, right? But like. It's it's and one of those things you barrier to cover it is really high. Like not just like some dude with a camera can just go out there and cover it. Like you can go out there to TX2K and get a lot of good videos and post them on your channel. You can chase around groups of people and try to get some stuff. But here it's and not going to be. But easy. you got you got to know people to yeah. get to get 
the yeah. real racing. To get the good, solid racing, you can go watch, like, teenagers, you know, fuck around with Honda Civics all day. That's not what we're filming, so. Yeah, that's kind of where it doing it as separates. Long, doing it as long as we have, we just, people get in contact with us and tell us about different races or, yeah, it's, we kind of. But it's changed. Like, like we said at TX2K, that theme kind of spread around to different areas in the country. Some spots, it's still great. Cops will roll up and be like, hey, there's a more a drier street, a town over. Go race there. But then, like, North Carolina, holy guacamole, dude. They are impounding cars straight out of driveways and everything. Well, that, that was from takeover stuff. Yeah, but They're, they changed laws okay because of takeover. No, but no, they, they but changed they street the racers. Street cars, yeah. So that they get the street raced cars so, because of these takeover laws. Yeah, they went the to a spot. The rules are a blanket rule. Yeah, they will get this. So they took, I think they had maybe like 40 cars. Or was it 77? They're going for 77 cars. Anyways, let's just say they had 40 cars at this spot that we usually meet for street races. And they had them all lined up in a half circle and said, we just impounded all of these and we're coming for yours. Coming in your driveway, your job, wherever your car's at, we're going to come for it. And it was just like, oh my, like, we can't race here anymore. I mean, you literally, you get pulled over, you're impounded and go to jail. Yeah, and how tough is that for you guys where you're kind of posting these people do this stuff, even though you blur faces and... Hide cars, it's tough. We blur fla- faces and we blur plates, plates every time. Yeah, faces we ask everybody. And a lot so of if people, if we, you see a cash days video of ours and their face is not blurred, they said it's they because didn't they care. said they didn't care. Yeah, and a lot of guys ever since the show happened and the show is Street Outlaws, <laughs> they want to be famous. I'm not kidding, dude. When we used to do these and I'd go up and ask these people, like at the end of the thing, it's like, do you want to be, do you want to be blurred or not? Nah? Like, uh, a lot of guys would be like, mm, or they get, yeah, well, please blur me. So, okay. And nowadays, like, I don't care. Not like, tag most, my YouTube. Most people are like, I don't care. Just blur my plate. And it's like. Their IG's on the side of the car. Like they're going to go to. QR code. Like the they're going to go to work on Monday <laughs> and sh- and share the link with all their buddy, all their yeah. work friends and show their boss they're on a street racing video. Like yeah. nowadays. It's cool, and they want their cars to be seen on our videos and stuff. Well, like it's that. Kyle, kind of Kyle's catchphrase, also the "I'll make you famous." Mm-hmm. So when you see somebody with a thirteen twenty hat walk up, filming, it's a little given, but that is tough to have to blur and editing wise, that probably adds a lot. Okay, every time, every time one of these racers is like, "No, I'm good," it's like, "All right, the editors, thank you," because you just saved them a lot probably an hour on that one person. Mm-hmm. It takes the editors so much time when they got to blur all that stuff. But the cops have, yeah, they've just, certain areas, you, you can't even race anymore. Some areas, you, it's still great, but it's definitely changed. We used to just go anywhere we go. It was a given, like, you go to a streetcar takeover or go wherever you're going. Well, we got street racing the night before, or we're going out that night to do street racing. Now, it's we pretty much just cover the track events, and if we do a street race... It's planned, and we're just specifically going to yeah, film a street race. Yeah, it's planned race. way ahead of time normally, or we know a group that's going. We're, there's, we're at an event. We know a, a small group that's going out that we're that we're gonna that we're cool with. We're gonna go film. There's a lot like of that. risk now. So. Yeah, how many times do you think it's happened where like a video is like ninety percent like great, and then like something like that was kind of supposed to happen just like doesn't, and it ruins like a whole video. You know, like. 
I can't even tell you how many times it's happened to me. You know, like, oh, you, you interview, like, ten people, and, like, all of this just kind of, like... <laughs> okay, dude. Like, no, so close to being perfect. There are... So, so Kyle and I are kind of, like, in charge of, like, the film crews at, at these events, right? So... Uh, we're, 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 I'll roll around and I'll interview people like, oh, it's a cool, interesting car. I'll interview them. And I might interview, you know, people don't realize this. Like, oh, they went to that race and they only, they, they, they filmed that one guy and they got a video. It's like, no, dude, I probably filmed, I was probably following 10 different people that day. Mm-hmm. And that story either worked out or I had enough passes and the car was cool enough and all this. But I'll like I'll be like all right I got these I'll have in my notes I'm like all right I got these ten people all right cool they're in these classes and then by round two I'm like I got three people left like and it's like some of these cars can be really badass but if when we're at a track event and you get out first round your car can be really cool I have one pass of you losing I can't make a video out of it and it's like I wish I could just like have you stay there afterwards and we rent the track and all that, but that's not, that's not what we do. So we, we want to get you at an event doing well or going rounds and showing off how cool, cool, unique, badass your car is type thing. So there's been several events where like we, we show up and like I said, after the first round, you got three cars left and then you're like, well guys, we don't have to pay attention to three cars for the rest of the day. So I guess there's that. But then like a couple more rounds go by and you're like, we got nothing. It's only happened a couple hand, like a very small handful of times. just kind of fizzles out. Where everything fizzles out. There was, I think, only one event I've ever been to where I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) You were going to say? No. Be gentle on the table, bud. Yeah, because there was people there that might watch this, and they think that, yeah. Anyway. It's okay. You can bleep bleep that out. Uh, No one even knows what it was. It's a city. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of races that happen there. That's right. That's true. So we went to an event. In a city, and uh, I don't, I'm not going to say the name of the van either, but we went there, and I'm, we're rolling around, and we're looking, we're looking for cars. We're talking to people. We're just, like, trying to find something cool, unique, special, fast, all that. And I made a call to Kyle. We were rolling on the golf cart, and I was like, I got to call Kyle. I was like, Kyle, I don't even know how to tell you this. I, I literally, there's no cars. I have nothing to do a video on. There's not. If I did a video, I could do. I could have done a video. I would have been forcing it. Like yeah. this, I could try to make this car seem cool. It's like no. And I just sat there. I, like, I got nothing, dude. Like there's. And he's like, it happened. So I was like, this is the first time it's happened. Like I've never been to an event and just simply could not make a video. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm. It makes sense because a lot of cars are pretty uh, cookie cutter. And nowadays that does happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And you guys are not trying to just film a race. You're trying to highlight things. I know your strategies have changed over time. Right, yeah. And there's a lot of people that just film every pass at a race and post that a used to be us. two-hour video. We used to film every pass and then find the cool stuff afterwards. That used to be what we did. Our formula has changed quite a bit over the years, and it's way different now than it ever has been. Yeah, because that's interesting I know Matt, when he's, like, at TX2K, he films every car that goes by, for the most part. Like, he's up in the scissor lift, or somebody's well, up in the like scissor lift. Those are, like, recap highlight videos. Yeah. So we do film so, a lot. So, that, yeah, especially when, sense. like, okay. the fast cars are going and stuff like that. Well, you know, at 2K, things get wild real fast, especially with last year roll ra- Can we talk about last year's roll racing, or the past two years roll racing at 2K? How many cars wrecked? Yeah. V10 cars, specifically. I remember. I do remember that, and it was, like, right at probably, like, a thousand feet. It, it was, I think like four cars hit like oh, right more. at the score. Or they or they let out 
It's like right as soon as they let out, after you're doing a roll, it was like they just lose control. R8s, Lambos, GTRs, and Viper, I think. Yeah, there was a there lot was of... It, it, was, it was a bunch of different kinds of cars. There was a, I heard a lot of different uh, theories. ideas, theories of why it was, why people were wrecking or whatever. It's just like, well, factors. you just... There's a lot of factors to, to, to take into account. And the fact that these are 2,000, 3,000 horsepower cars... Pushing you're, the limits. Yeah, you're, you're going down the thing, and you know that you're going to be... you got to get on the brakes right away because you're past the starting line by a couple hundred feet already. Yeah. Or past the finish line by a couple hundred feet. You probably get on your brakes a little too hard in a supercar or something like that. So And then all of a sudden, yeah, it turns around on you. I got a good one. So I am from a different country, and I want to come to the U.S. to watch a race. What race are you going to tell me to go to? TX2K. No. Haltech World Cup? No, that would that would be, I'm, I'm thinking like or for, come to an event for what drag racing? Yeah, you want to come experience the U.S. car culture. That the, the headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant, and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. U.S. car culture, probably TX2K. T- okay, T- well, TX2K is the Super Bowl of streetcars. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So if you're, if you're into like just straight race cars, period... Maryland World Cup Finals World Cup Finals That's period. the best drag So race. a lot of those cars Might roll, roll in the street Sometimes But those are mostly Specific drag cars uh, When you go to TX2K There's a bunch Most of those cars I would consider Could, Street cars Or go on the street Regularly after. Exactly. Yeah yeah exactly So if you're into Street cars <laughs> TX2K There is no There's no replacement For it honestly yeah, that's true. FL2K, there's that's that's a great event to go to as well, and it's in Florida. So if you want to get tropical, and that happens in October every year, so end of the year. Yeah, FL2K is my favorite event of the year. I actually built my Camaro because of FL2K. That's I a, wanted to race at FL2K. Yeah, and that's that was pretty much it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were like, I want to race at this event, right. and built a car specifically to race. At oh, we event. hear about that all the time for like for 2K in Maryland. And yeah, stuff like Maryland's that. a big one too. A lot of those guys don't race any other time of the year. Some of them don't, but you nowadays there's so much demand on wanting to get into that race that he's like, you have to turn in a slip, and it has to be within so much time. Mm-hmm. Has to be so many months since that pass. You can't have turned in a slip that was like to prove that your ET, your car's fast enough for the class. Oh, well, this slip's three years old. We're not going to take that. Yeah. You have to prove that you raced your car recently. Yeah. I've heard of an interesting idea too, where they were saying you have to show a ladder that your name, like you actually made. Oh, it that's interesting. Round one of a race. That'd be interesting. Because then you're actually also a racer at that point. You're not a test engineer. Right. So, and, and your so, car made it past round one right. of some race. And some people might might complain about this. Like, well, it's so hard to get into a race like that. It's like, 
you're right, and it gets harder every year because more people want to go. It's and the, the thing is, the there's there's only there, there's only so many spots in the pits, and they can't just make the pits bigger. So there's only so many spots. So every year they have to figure out how to narrow it down. And I have no idea how that man figures out all the classes, all the turbo size specs, all the like weight limits for this class and this class. And oh, if you're if you have a four cylinder in this class, you can weigh this, and you have this big a turbo. But if you have an eight cylinder, you have to weigh this. It's like in the same class. Wild. The fact I don't know how they do all the rules for that, but yeah, it, I know it takes them all year. Are super impressive, and they're actually the rules always crack me up in one way because the when the one class where there's like a bunch of front wheel drive Civics, and then there's like a couple of scattered Fox bodies that somehow fit the class, even though he keeps turbo sizing them down, still always run through the class and always end up winning, <laughs> just because they can cut a light and yeah be consistent and they don't break as much. And it's just funny because he keeps trying to slow down like the rear wheel drive auto cars. <laughs> I will I will say I, I will say a similar thing between TX2K and Maryland is Jason Miller. Yes. A few years ago, Peter decided to bring Jason Miller track prep to T- to TX2K, and I think a lot of racers loved it and a few didn't because their shit broke on the starting line really easily. But uh that yeah, I don't think there's a better track you can get. Jason Miller prep track is like the best track that I can think of. Yeah. It's pretty tight, but my boy Wade at BMP and that guy can throw down. Some, yeah, that guy can throw down some track. Prep. Okay, okay. He was, he was the guy. Now we've been to Brady's and we, the, the, we I yeah. don't have any complaints with the. He track was the prep. guy at Lights Out for a long time. We actually filmed some guy losing his shoes for like a minute straight. Like I don't know how it took that long, but it they was might like pick that up, buddy. Oh shit! Sorry, I don't know if it can, but it might. <laughs> sorry, there's tapping. Yeah, so people lose their shoes all the time. Wade owns a lot of shoes from this <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he gets them after they're his at that point they're trophies yeah they're trophies so um dragon drives are the next big wave oh my goodness many, so 2005 let's go back so 2015 many. real quick no prep was the big thing mm-hmm. now dra- there's 23 dragon drives this year and they're literally like two years ago there was maybe four or five yeah before had, that, there was one. You had <laughs> you had Drag Week that started in years. you had Drag Week t- started two thousand five, I believe. And I don't. W- Rocky Mountain Race Week was the next one to do it. Yeah, Midwest yeah. two thousand fifteen. So it took point. Midwest Drags. I don't know when they came in, but I don't yeah, uh, the first year for Rocky Mountain Race Week was twenty fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, you guys so, were on that one, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's ten years of that being the only Dragon Drive, and all of a sudden Rocky Mountain Race Week pops up. And then Rocky Rocky Mountain Race Week does two events all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. When COVID hit and Drag Week said, we're not doing an event this year, they said, said, oh, if you're not going to do it that week, all you guys that had that called off, uh, you had your time off work and everything, well, we're doing an event same same week if you guys want to come out and race with us. So now they do two events a year. And now Sick Week is going to do, does Sick Week, they're doing Sick Summer, and then Death Week at the end of the year. And then we heard about one that's happening in Nebraska, that they're going just back and forth between two tracks like three times or something like that. And I was like, what? And there's, I heard one. You got to do what you got to do. And there's not enough tracks around. I I don't know which one it is. I heard of a drag and drive that's happening in California specifically. And I was like, that sounds like the EPA's wet dream right there. Yeah. Like they're just going to wait outside the track and test every car. Sounds like a trap. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we're covering that one. That sounds like entrapment there, but Dragon drives. Alaska's doing one. Alaska's doing their that. own dragon yeah. drive. It's the week. It's the week after six summer. Oh, so, so six summer ends and Alaska is sick 
or Speed Week starts that day. Well, they're even doing the one in Oklahoma that Jared Holt's doing. King of the King of the Open Road. King of the King Open Road. This is a, he did one last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah two yeah. years. Him and yeah, they're doing that one, which will, that's cool. I think there's only three tracks, which is nice. I think. I think the smaller ones are really good for entry level. It's people. like drag weekend instead of a drag exactly. week. Exactly, so you don't have to take off. Wet. You don't have to take off a full week for it, and you can kind of see: is this the kind of racing that I'd actually be interested in doing a bigger event for? Yeah, because it's tough. You have to kind of full commit, basically. Well, that and you, you have can't to, just like t- dip your toes in. No, and that thing, the thing with it is like you have to fully commit six months ahead of time. So, yeah. like these things, like they just did, they just, they just did. Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0 uh, registration like last week, and that's not till. I think so, it was like a day or two ago. Oh yeah, it was like yeah, it was yeah, it was like this week this weekend, but that that event's not happening for months and months. And it's sold out in under three minutes. That's what I'm saying. You have to commit to this right then. Like I'm taking this car. Your car could be up on jack stands, not an engine in it or anything. And you got to think. Well, I'm going to get ready for this race. And I need to register now. It's like, can you imagine if you set your alarm at the wrong time by an hour and you're 53 minutes past all the spots being taken up? Like, you got to be on top of it and you got to commit early, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've, I've signed up for events with a car that's not running as well. And it's, um, it's like a tough thing. I've signed up for a couple of TX2Ks where I'm like, uh, might make it. Maybe. And it's like a tough one. It's like, man, that's a, that's a big chunk of change to throw down and then you book your hotels and stuff. But the Dragon Drive, I, it's weird because you would think now would be the time where they're getting killed. But now is the time where they're growing. They're thriving. You would think now is when the like, EPA would send out, like, task force. And just just tracks are closing yeah, like, like, all over the country. But Dragon Drive seems to be a, a motorsport that people just, I, I honestly, I think it, it's just covering it. It's just so much fun. It's like a family. It's like, it's. It's every year you come back to like let's say sick week. That's the most recent one that we just covered, right? We're coming back, you see a lot of the same faces, maybe some new ones, but it's like a family reunion of race car fan of race car friends, and you get to go on a vacation together with each other to four different tracks. Yeah. For the week. That's what it feels like more than like a very huge competitive race. And it is, but it seems like the racing's a lot of fun and everybody just likes to is there to race and they're had they're having a good time and it's just like it's literally a traveling family reunion of race car front. Do you guys have to have like a lot of, or not have to, but do you have like a lot of sympathy for people sometimes? Like, you know, you're eight hours from the last track and they're blown up on the side of the road and you're like, hey, bud, what's going on? There's, okay, so <laughs> like there's. You almost have to be like, you have to feel bad, but you can't. You have to do your job too at so the same th- time. They, they normally, they, they know. Sometimes when they see us get out of the car, like we'll pull up, we see them pulled over, so we'll pull out in front of them. They're like, no. Will they, get out, will, they, will they see us get out of the car and they're like, no. Or they'll be, they just start laughing as soon as they see us. Other people will go up to them and like, normally older people that aren't on the internet much or something mm-hmm. like that, they're just like, they're just annoyed that you're there and documenting this. It's like, but at the end of the day, when they see the video of them struggling on the side of the road, they know that they made it to the hotel that night. They're going to like the fact that that was documented. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Like, that, every every time. Yep. There's, like, this classic image of Dragon Drive that I always have in my head of Kyle walking up to Doug Cook and telling him should have gotten an LS when he's, like, laying in the rain under his car. <laughs> and he's like, he's, like, fixing something after struggling all week, like, laying in the rain and just says, should have gotten an LS and walks away. I was like, it's just, like, the quintessential Kyle on a drag and drive deal. 
Well, he gives a speech at Rocky Mountain Race Week, like, when we're talking to everybody in the stands. He's like, guys, just want to let you know, like, when you're struggling or you got to drop the motor on the side of the road, I'm going to come up to you yeah. and ask you questions. I know yeah. you're going to be mad, but yeah. just I'm going to come up and you're, talk to you. I'm if sorry. If you see one of us come up to you, we're just doing our jobs. Don't get mad at us. It's yeah. like we're you're going to see us. So, like, I, I wonder how many, like, there's... There's a couple racers that I know that, like, uh, he was on the side of the road for, like, four hours waiting for parts. Like, he had another racer was going to a parts store to get him parts or whatever. So he was on the side of the road for four hours. We come up to him when they had just got the starter and they were just putting it in. And he was like, I was sitting here for four hours thinking I, I, I hit the lottery. 1320 isn't going to catch me on the side <laughs> of the road. And then we, he's like getting the starter, putting it in. If we would have got there five minutes later, we wouldn't have caught him. But he was like, I was here for four hours and yeah. you guys got the last five minutes and we got Just on the road. made it. It was, yeah. Was so, that Royce? Yeah, it was Royce. <laughs> okay. Man, last year on sick week, I think he broke everything. Like one. But he keeps. I love Royce. He is, he's he's got to be hard They on don't parts. give, they don't give up. Like, His boy Jordan's the one who keeps. Jor- jo- yeah. Okay, Jordan and Royce—they're like a two peas in a pod. Yeah. Like if they're uh, Royce has said that if Jordan every time that they've done a dragon drive, if Jordan's there, they're the finishing. car is finished. Yep. Every single time. So if Jordan's there, the car's finished. So it's like, why would he show up without him? No, <laughs> I think there was one time Jordan couldn't make it. Yeah, or something I'd be like, like I ain't going. But but it's just like uh, the perseverance that we see out of some of these racers uh on dragon drives is mind-boggling unparalleled there was like the dedication to just like finishing the week because there's a lot of racers where like i love asking newbies first year guys come out it's like what's your goal for the week and the way oh i like to get top five in my class blah blah blah. and then that's i i I laugh in the back of my head and then i come back to him on day four or five i'm like so what's the goal I just want to finish, man. Could probably come back to that. I just want to pass yeah. one. <laughs> just, just like day two, day three. It's like, yeah, we're doing okay. And then like they're fully out of the point standing, or not point standing, but they're fully out of like top three. They're nowhere close. They're at the bottom. It's like, so what's your goal? It's like, I just want to finish, man. I just want to finish. There was okay, so there was a there was a guy there was two guys on sick week this year. They were in like a early nineties boxy <laughs> blazer. And it was like a turbo LS deal. Uh they apparently had done sick week last year and they broke and didn't finish. So they said this year we're not going to not finish the first day they broke their motor. They, 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 they broke their block and they, when I saw them the next day, they pulled into Bradington and they were like, everybody was pretty much gone and they were pulling in with a trailer. And I was like, what's this? And they came in all quick and they're unhooked. And I was like, why are you guys so late? And they're like, we had to replace blocks. And I was like, I hear that, and I'm like, he probably just meant engine. He's probably just tired. It's like, you guys replaced the whole engine? He's like, no. We took the rotating assembly out of one engine or out of one block and put it in another block. And I was like, and you guys just got here? We haven't slept. We just got here. They just said we got to be in the lanes 15 minutes. We're not going to make it. And I was like, oh, my God. So they got up to the lanes. They made their head or whatever. On the last day at Orlando, I went and talked to them. With the, like they hugged after like the pass to complete the week. I thought they were gonna cry. Like these grown men, and they yeah. said we didn't make it last week, and all we wanted to do was make it this week. On day one, they had to completely rotating assembly out of one block into another block into the car. Barely made it the next day. Like nobody does that, and they did it for like sick week has the best slogan that Tom Tom oh. Bailey slogan yep. for the fucking adventure. 
That's what Dragon Drives is to Tom Bailey's. It's for the fucking adventure. It's like, why would you drive a pro mod on the street and try to do five second passes at the tracks? He says, for the fucking adventure. You gotta and really like, love it. You have to. It's, it's just like you're battling something. You're battling yourself to make it to the next track, and it's like you know, like there's guys that they have fully built engines, tens of thousands of dollars. They break on day two. They're calling a junkyard to have a junkyard LS delivered to the track because they're not going to not finish. Yeah. It's like just the dedication that these guys have. Well, I've offered Bronte to come like a couple times, like when I first was going to do it. I'm like, oh, do you want to ride with me? And she's like, eh. And the hesitation was like, you shouldn't go. <laughs> if you hesitate If you all. hesitate, you shouldn't do it. Because <laughs> you have to be really prepared and wanting the punishment somehow. Right. And even with you guys filming and photos and editing, like, it's a marathon in itself. Absolutely. I think people don't realize, like, you guys don't just, you know, it's not just simple cruising. We're getting, like, four hours of sleep a night as well. I mean, let's say we got to beat the track at, like, 8 or 9 a.m., right? and so we'll wake up at, like, 7, 7.30, work all day at the track, drive to the next place while I'm editing in the back seat doing photos. At the same time, I'm hanging out of the car getting photos. We're getting footage. Fred's interviewing people at checkpoints. We're working the whole way to this next city. And then we get there. we got to get back. Christian has to stay up and edit the video to get out the next day. i got to stay up, get a bunch of feature posts written up, highlight posts written up, scheduled out for the next day so that I can focus on working while I'm at the track. And we go to bed at, like, 2 a.m., so, I mean, you go to bed at 2, wake up at 7, it's... And you would, you would think just, like, well, why don't you just leave the track earlier? Like, like on some days, like Bradington, I'll give, for example, for Sick Week this year. Uh, it's like, we could have just, like, racers, if you do a one and done, you just get on the road right away. For media, for us, well, I'm not getting on the road if some of the fastest racers are still on the property. And there's still a chance that they could make passes. Yeah. So, Bailey, Tom Bailey went up there and he hurt, he hurt his car. Brought it back to the pits. They're working on it, and I was like, "You guys gonna, you guys gonna fix it, or what are you thinking?" He's like, "Don't know yet. We're still digging into it." So that don't know yet. We're still still digging into it. I'm not gonna not stay and see if Tom Bailey fixes the car, because if he fixes the car, he's gonna go up and try to do a six second pass. I'm not gonna be the guy that didn't get Tom Bailey, especially when that's the title thumbnail of the video potentially. Well, not only that, it's and just like, like a just feature. like like. Uh, every racer there is, you know, they're cool in their own right. But when you're talking about fa- one of the fastest, the fastest man at Dragon Drive history, the only man to do a five, and he's going for sixes and all this, and he could be a top qual, top top contender in the entire event. We're gonna stay for to. any racer that's gonna be doing that. Yeah. We have to stay for that. So yeah. we're staying till the bitter bitter end of the day racing, and then we get on the road and try to catch up with racers, try to make it to checkpoints. Sometimes, like, if you're doing a one-and-done, we're not going to see you on the road. Because if you're doing one-and-done and you don't break down, hopefully you don't break down, we're definitely not going to see you like on the road. six hours ahead of us. Yeah. Some, some of these guys are leaving, and it's like, we're leaving the track, and we're, they're, they're posting pictures of, like, the second checkpoint from three hours ago. And we're like, we'll get there in five hours, you know? Yeah, I think I saw one checkpoint during the day, like, light out. Oh, you left the track that late? Yeah, well, I was in the last class. Oh, so. Okay. Like, A group gets their one and done early if they're good. Yeah, but what sucks for A group is if you don't get a one and done, you have to stick around for, for them to call all the cars. That's when I go. 
basically. Well, yeah. I go right before they call everybody. So if you're an A group and you don't get your one pass, you have to wait around with people like me. Well, at least you, you could sleep Slow in, though. You, you could sleep in and not show up to the track till like, 11. I don't, okay. I don't think my anxiety would like it very much. That's fair. You know, you're, like, sitting yeah. there. You're like, I need to be at the track. Like, What if they change the order or something? Like, you what know? if I'm on my way there and a the tire Oof. pops? Gives like, that's, that's how my luck would be. It's like, yeah. oh, I slept in. I got all this time. Then I get on the road and it'd be like... Something would go wrong then, <laughs> then I would be rushing. I feel it, and I don't just—I don't trust myself. I—I I have, I have too bad of luck to not over prepare. <laughs> That's kind of how I always see things. So I have like a cutoff wheel and stupid things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, racetrack bucket list. Which racetracks? Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. That track where you—you've seen the video of the Lexus that just takes flight and goes like this just like hovers there and then goes into the track it's it's the it's right next to the uh f1 track that they just the race i guess that race was is that today. where the fence almost like yep the fence goes up like that yeah. so you, you you've i'm sure you've seen videos of cars going down there yep. breaking records but there are a couple pro mod lexus cars that have gone flying there or whatever that but Bahrain, I want I want to go to that track and I want to see Econu's cars run there mm-hmm. and all that stuff have you been to Santa Pod? I have not, but Santa, yeah, Santa Pods, Santa Pods on the list for me as well. Uh, just Santa Pod has to be. It looks so cool. J- Japan. I don't care what drag strip in Japan I go yep. to. I just want to go to anywhere in Japan would be cool. Yeah, that seems like an awesome, awesome bucket list spot. Yeah, as far as drag strip goes, it's interesting. I've been to Sydney. That's a really nice drag strip. It's cool. It's cool. That's a good one. It's it's interesting because do you go where the cars are or do you go where the track is awesome? Because like some places may have great tracks like or great cars like you know maybe somebody dreams to go and watch in Nebraska where they can watch like Beater Bomb and stuff like that. Yeah, some people just want to go see the awesome track. <laughs> what about you? Any um any bucket list items on your uh, drag strip list? Not really. I mean, one of our big ones was Alaska, and we went there because there's a giant mountain. That's so cool. At the, right at the end of the track, which is just crazy. I have a photo hanging in the other room of Alaska. Nice. Drag strip, like, right down the track yep. where there's mm-hmm. the mountain back there. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, really cool to shoot at. All the places that I bucket... I mean, there's no bucket list. There's been to... Like, I love shooting at Vegas because everywhere I shoot there's pretty much a mountain in the background so it's super visual a lot of good lighting yeah that Vegas track's nice and when I think of tracks it's a lot different than like a racer because racers thinking about surface or flow of how they're getting through this thing like like, I'm thinking about lighting uh, literally all I care about is lighting and what's cool like what's visually nice like Carney probably one of my least favorite tracks to shoot at just because there's nothing there there's no there's never a there's cloud nothing. in the sky when we go there. There's no clouds. It's kind of weird. Like it's, it's hazy. It's like it doesn't exist, and it's always like 100 degrees minimum. Yeah, when we go it's there. hot. It's hazy. There's just cornfields. But like Bristol, gorgeous Jeez. mountains, green, and then the red mm-hmm. accents on the track. Or you got you know like, Charlotte's got a vibe to it just because yeah, it's Z-Max. so wild. You have all its seats. You yeah, you feel so insignificant. Nice. You see four wide, dra- four wide roll racing and yeah. seats that are supposed to hold what, 40, 50,000 people. A lot of good <sighs> spots to take pictures there. A lot of cool angles you can get. But as far as bucket list, though. I like, just don't have Have you anything. seen that new drag strip they just built, like, on a mountain? In, ha- like, 
half or that's almost on, Heaven's Landing. Yeah, that's it's, it's, on, it's on our mile. list. It's on our list. Yeah, in West or Virginia? I think I it's in where. West Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. It looks like it's on top of literally a mountain. When you see that like, Corey's going yeah. around, it's last we really looked, cool. there's we no go there for sure. on the schedule for it yet, but that's on. I get so I guess that's kind of a bucket list. It's not anything like. Super wild, but from a drone, it looks really cool. I'm curious how yeah. it'll look when you're taking pictures. True. It might just. So this isn't a drag strip, but the salt flats. Oh yeah, yes. which hopefully there, that's a bucket it, list. It, it, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything works out. We're going this year. Speed week. Oh nice. Who are you guys trying to go with? We no, don't even no know. Clue. No one. We've I never been. No pictures. Yeah, we Keith just want to go and see this stuff. Yeah, Keith Turk told me that. He asked, you taking a picture at Salt Flats? And I said, nope. He's like, you've never taken a picture then. He's like, you know, you haven't taken a picture until you've taken Keith, a picture. In the way Keith Turk talks, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not a real photographer yet. I really want to become one someday. Uh, I mean, Wes, Allison, I think. Wes definitely has taken a bunch of cool pictures there. Yep. Keith said that you got you got to take pictures at the Salt Flats. So. Yeah, Keith salt- told me all sick week how much he hates drag racers. Yeah, <laughs> he kept telling me how whiny drag racers are. Yep, Keith is uh, Keith has gone two hundred like miles Keith. an hour on like every continent. I think really, he's gone. He's Damn. he's an ex Apache pilot. He's a bad motherfucker, dude. Like I wouldn't fuck with Keith. He, if like he's Keith. not gonna kill me, he knows somebody that would <laughs> kill me. Like Keith. Also, if any, I'm not gonna tell the secret. Never mind. I was gonna say there's a secret to we're getting... pretty far in now. Most okay, people won't okay. hear it. There's there's a that's fair. <laughs> if you're on Keith Turk's bad side, okay. If he's mad at you, annoyed with you, uh, you asked him a dumb question, you just stood there and looked dumb, and he doesn't like you. There's so many <laughs> reasons Keith Turk cannot like you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, get him a diet coke. Yep. That's all you got to do. Get him a diet coke. So some people will go through a pack of cigarettes a day. He has to go through a pack of Diet Coke a day. Okay. That man, if I see him without a Diet Coke, something's wrong and he's not having a good time. Well, that's good because he told me he would come on the podcast. He got his card from Sick Week. Yeah. So have have a Diet Coke right here. Bunch of Diet Cokes ready for right here. I'm saying like case of them. And he, I think he prefers metal. So make sure there's a can. Okay. Chilled can. I don't know the temperature. Some (laughs) Diet Coke. I'll put it in like an ice. Thing and everything, like, you know, like yeah. when you get like bottle service. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, but he's, uh, he's gone he 200 a lot. miles an hour. He's and done a lot. He's gone 200 miles an hour on so many different land speed surfaces. Yeah, that's like kind of the other cool thing you guys get to do is just talk to these people. And what's cool is like I'll talk to them and I might not know anything I'm, that that they're talking about, but they knew who we are, so they're going to give us the time of day, which I appreciate. They'll talk to me like. These racers at the swamp buggy thing, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And they'll look at me, and they'll just explain it to me in, like, layman's terms so I can understand it, and I'll ask more questions. Like, it would at a, ra- at a normal race or anything like that, but, like, people will, will tell us about things because they want us to do a video on it. They want it to get bigger. They want people to see it. Yeah, that makes sense. They're trying to make their sport, their segment grow. Yeah. Like, we all are. I mean, we all want drag racing to grow, and racing to go more cars being built mm-hmm. yep. is good for you guys <laughs> it's, I mean, it's good for everybody i think it's good yeah. for i think it's good for freedom it's good for all of us it's good for liberty for sure okay well, i forget who's i forget who said it but i know there's a quote it's like that somebody said that cars are one of the last great freedoms in this country like there's yeah i mean i would agree with that if you're not in california absolutely yeah yeah I think yeah we, uh, <laughs> we kind of have the last 
true freedom segment of what we can do, and it's um, slowly getting chipped away. You can just get in a car of any kind and just get in and just drive. Just yeah. go wherever you want to go. You don't have to tell nobody. I mean, it's just like you don't stop at you don't stop at the borders of every state to show papers like you would in like Europe or yeah. something like that. And it's just like you just drive, yeah. you go wherever you want, whatever car you're in. A lot of places like Nebraska, I mean, you just build your car and you go drive. There's around. no emissions testing. Like you can just do whatever you want. That's yeah. what Florida is. We don't have emissions testing. Yeah, either. it's awesome. Yeah, just, a lot of states do. I mean, New York has all kinds of inspections. They'll fill you for everything. Oh yeah, same with California. Yeah, like. Some cars don't, should don't be inspected, I'll be honest. Yeah, there's some things a little sketchy, yeah. but I'd rather be there a couple sketchy ones than nothing cool at all. Maybe if roads. you get pulled over, a cop should be able to send you for an inspection because some cars, you yeah. know, have four bald tires and are a hazard to everyone. <laughs> but, <Fair. laughs> but that's about it. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, where can dude. they find you guys both at? Uh, Fred underscore thirteen twenty video on Instagram. Uh, Fred White and Blue on YouTube, and yeah, uh, Crystal Clear underscore thirteen twenty video, but it's C R Y S T I L L, so it's like still images. Crystal Clear. Okay, I'll put that in the description. Cool for you guys. Well, guys, go follow them. Go check them out. Um, they both post some really cool behind the scenes of what thirteen twenty is kind of doing and all that kind of good stuff. But thank you guys so much for watching. Keep it saucy. We will see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.